picking up, but it, it, it's actually a reference to something religious. Like he's selling, he's, he has a side gig where he sells um, spiritual uh, guided meditation app for like. He cell makes phones. good money from that thing. No, I mean you know he's a hustler. Yeah, so I mean Literally. he does he does like a Q and A. So I was listening to that. I, I mean the atheist trying to peddle spirituality is a joke. All this mindfulness stuff. Yeah, that's what it is. Spirituality without God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he even has a whole thing like is is Buddhism true? And and soft Buddhism. Right? Soft that's Buddhism, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, everyone. Welcome to this Fina Society podcast. Cyrus, we've been, we've been live for a good 30 seconds, so we don't even tell people we're live. Yeah, yeah, we start. Even, start even the people who are talking like us. I hope I, I, hope I didn't embarrass myself yet. <laughs> no, 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 you're good. Um, so, uh, welcome everyone to our winter special, uh, also known as the Molded special, probably known as the Molded special. Known the winter, the winter classic, baby. <laughs> uh, today we actually have a special guest, Cyrus Magoldrick, joining us from uh, Turkey. Um, but he's inshallah. here in person, inshallah, uh, in New Jersey. So we had, he was in the area, and uh, Dr. Shadi and us, you know, we wanted to invite him as our guest. So, assalamu alaikum, Cyrus. How are you? Thanks for having me. What's going on, man? Alhamdulillah, happy to be here. Dr. Shadi tells me to be someplace I come, you know. So. <laughs> that's that's what we all do. That's how yeah. this podcast happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Cyrus, actually, I didn't realize, but uh, he's originally from the Tri-State area. Mm-hmm. Between Philly area, Connecticut area, New York. Yeah. So. And yeah. now Jersey, he's married into a family from Jersey. <laughs> so was, he's doing the yeah. right thing, basically. He's, was, he's getting better, actually. That was, like five, <laughs> that was like five different areas. Yeah, well, it's all tri-state area, right? Because yeah. some people hold, what is it, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Now in Connecticut, they say New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut <clears throat> is true. a tri-state area. It's true. So. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah North yeah, Jersey yeah. versus South Jersey is yeah. PA versus Connecticut. Basically. Yeah, for your tri-state. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I, I actually say New Jersey, Delaware, and, and Pennsylvania. But you're not even from New Jersey, man. <laughs> that's a minority opinion for sure. Yeah. That's, that's like, definitely uh, a minority opinion. That's like Moeen was telling me. He was like, yo, I was in the city the other day. And I was like, really? He was like, yeah, Philly. I was like, that's I was not like, it, oh, man. Right, right. <laughs> I would be laughing. One of the things we were saying in the car is that uh, Cyrus actually had he moved to Florida for a period of time. And... In your, when you're from the tri-state area, you have to sink your teeth into something in order to make yourself have any room for yourself and to get your position or uh, ideas respected. You actually have to put them off, put them out really strongly or else no one's going to respect you in the area. That's just right. how the tri-state is. And most of the East Coast, probably up to Boston, right? Yeah. Nobody's listening to you if you're whispering. No one's going to listen to you yeah. if you're trying to be polite or whatever. So. I experienced this too. I went out to San Jose to give a talk in the masjid and uh, someone came up to me and said, listen, what's going on, man? You need to cool it down. I was like, cool what down? I'm actually so relaxed right now, right? <laughs> and the audience was just so shocked as if I'm yelling at them and screw. And it, the whole rest of the country in comparison to the East Coast, it's a total different vibe. Yeah. It's like they're comatose and they look at us like we're crazy. Right, I, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, that's why a lot of people listen to our podcast and they think we're like really hardcore, but we're really not. It's know? not. This is this, this is, is how we talk. If you want to survive in the area, and I didn't really realize this until you you start going outside the tri-state area, you realize, oh my gosh, everything is so slow. They're, 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 soft, they're comatose, right? I mean, that's how I feel about down here versus where I grew up. <laughs> that's why. Shik's, that's why <laughs> we're talking like a forty-minute drive. Yeah. But. This is why Shakespeare keeps saying everybody's asleep, right? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. we need to wake up. But it's that so, sense of urgency, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, when we exactly. when we have when we put a priority on our time. Yeah. You know, you were saying in one of the other podcasts, you know, we don't waste money, let alone time. Like time yeah. is 
is yeah, crucial, right? Not. And so you have to cut straight to the point. If there's, exactly. if there's needs, if That's there's dangers, right? Whether those are spiritual dangers or political or whatever it exactly, is. Exactly, yeah. Right? There's real issues that need urgent concern. But I think around the country, a lot of people, they get comfortable, right? Uh-huh, they, life goes, uh-huh. goes slow, whether that's yeah. Florida or California, I imagine. And in order right? to get from point A to point B, they take the polite route, which yeah. is... Yeah. All, and it's not to say... We're, we're, we take the polite route, but we just go straight to the point. Do a straight line from A to B. X, Y, Z is a her- heresy. That's it. Why, why would, <laughs> <Yeah>. why, <laughs> how would, how, there's no nice way to put it, right? Yeah. So, uh, the rest of the country, they don't do that. They, and I think in the world, you have the same thing. Cairo, straight to the point people. Mm. Rome, those Italians, probably straight to the point, right? I don't think anywhere in Europe they have this type of attitude. The laid back attitude? Allah no, the right? type of straight attitude of like, don't waste my time. Tell me what you're really saying because I know BS when I see it. Yeah. Right? So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's uh, not a topic? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a little bit. Everything ties in, right? So, um, so Dr. Shad, you were mentioning you had a story about love before you. So, uh, yeah, this was actually uh, an exposition on the automat talk about love, right? And they have a lot to say about love, which I thought. Um, Mamal Ghazali had a section on love. I said, what is he going to say about love, right? But he has an amazing breakdown, an exposition on the nature of love. And he says that love, the reasons for love are a couple of reasons, and the locations of love are also distinct. When you hear this, it makes so much common sense. Firstly, reason of love, the most obvious one is beauty. Something is beautiful, you love it just for its beauty, right? That's the first thing. A second reason people love is for function. So why a craftsman loves his tools, right? In any craft, you got tools and you love your tools. Why? Because they serve you, right? So function is a second one. The third is excellence. So the excellence of a of an of uh, an inventor when he invents something, a product, or an idea. And Imam Ghazali says that this is why people love the imams of their madhab. Like why the Shafi'i love Imam Shafi'i because they look at his. Exposition on the Islamic law, his lay, laying out the theory, right, uh, of Islamic law and how everything fits together, and they love it, right? So why people love their imams, why people would love inventors, why people would love companies, right, or restaurants or any place is because they do an excellent job, right? So excellent, it's gone. The uh, fourth one is familiarity, and this is why people love their cultures. Right, so why do you love certain aspects of your culture when it's totally one hundred ten percent relative? Is because you grew up with it from when you're six years old, seven, eight, nine, right. and it's a memory and it's familiarity. Right, so that you love people also uh, because you're familiar with like them. nostalgia, kind of like a nostalgia, and it's also that's uh, what you know, mm-hmm. and and what you know is more beloved to you than what you don't know. And then lastly, he said there is a hidden reason based on the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam: al arwahu junudum mujannada. So, uh, souls before coming down to this life is uh, they were grouped in companies or, or groups, just like the military. So you have mm-hmm. the archers, right side, archers, left side. And then, uh, you have the infantry, first row, second row, third row. And then you have the horsemen, the cavalry, right? Right side, left side, front and back. So they're companies. And if you were in the company with another soul, if you come and meet each other on this life, you find each other, you love each other, right? Immediately. Whereas if someone could have, could be your relative, could be in the same house as you, in the same family as you, but in the previous life, their soul, or the previous world, their soul was far from yours, stationed in a different location in the heavens, 
So you will have a disinfinity towards them. Like you will not have an affinity towards them, right? You'll be disinclined towards them. Mm. So that's the hidden reason. So these are, and then the the thing about this is that the love of the Lord and the Messenger, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, encompasses all of these. Love of Allah and His Messenger encompass all these. So the beauty of the creation, right? The function, like just studying the body and realizing how perfect this engineering is, the excellence of all the systems that are created, all right? Uh, familiarity that you that the idea of having dhikr all the time, adhan, is all the time. That by the time you're 30 years old, you are so familiar with the name of Allah and His Messenger that you love them based on familiarity. Yeah. Right? And then lastly, the hidden cause, which is something deep inside of everyone is going to love your God. Right? You're going to love your Creator. And then now, that's the first half. The second half is the roots and locations of love, too. And now you have the different types of love. So the uh, one root of love is the passions. And that's the love of the spouse. Right? Mm-hmm. A second root of love is what the Arabs call it the liver. Right or the the location of sympathy, and that's one's love for orphans, children, his own children, right? Or love of the people who are suffering that you want to help them, right? And then you have uh, love of with the intellect, and that's where you love theorists who who bring some you know some ideas, put it together, or inventors, etc. And then you have the other location is the heart, and that's where your love of friends. Your love of God and messenger exists in your heart, right? And then you have three other sources of love which are negative, and that is the nefs, the ego. The nefs loves its fame, loves slothfulness, sleep, food, sex, those loves, right? Or their excesses, right? You could say their excesses. And then you have your hawa, which is your whims and your moods, right? Your love of whims. And, and the Quran says this is the worst one because once that takes root in the heart of a person, it's extremely difficult to get it out. And, and Hikam ibn Ata'illah says, which is an extremely difficult disease to cure, is when a mu'min loves something that is completely whimsical and has no basis in neither revelation nor intellect. Like what's an example of something? Love like of fame, for example. Mm-hmm. Or love of... Um, uh, something for his for his for for himself. Like position. Position, love. all these things, right? Hawa. And then in our world today, Hawa is these desires, right? Anything that I want, right, has to be validated just because I want it. If you notice, that's really the culture that we live in, the ethic today, is if you want it, if you're the source, then it's valid. If something other than you is the source, then it's invalid. Yeah. Right? It's oppression, it's tyranny, it's fascism, right? Where, wait, wait a second, how are you more valid than any other source, right? right? So that's the idea today. And then lastly, yeah, there's, uh, from shaitan. The, how about people who love horror? People who love darkness? People who love those, those evils? Well, what's the root of that? Right? That's an Iblisi connection that they love horror. They love, you know, darkness, evil, et cetera, et cetera. Now, here's the zinger of all this. In as much as you love something by necessity, you will hate to equal proportions and equal intensity the mutual exclusive opposite of your love. So anyone who comes to love his Lord will have an intense hatred for the opposite of his Lord. In other words, that which goes against the commandments of his Lord. Anyone who loves a woman will hate the enemies of that woman. Right? Anyone who loves his hawa himself and their whims will hate any system that seeks to put a limitation on those whims. 
right? And unfortunately, what what we're seeing in the world today, such an intense love for whatever comes out of your whims, and therefore it necessitates, by necessity, a very intense hatred for anything that limits whims. And the first yeah. thing that prophets come is they tell you, your whim is your enemy. Yeah. Your your whims will take you down a dark road. So that's why the very language of prophets, of this idea that God is God says that do this and don't do this, is so um, viewed as a, a negative in today's culture is because we have been taught to love, right? Any idea that comes from you, that if it's from you, you should love it and we should all accept it. Yeah. Because that's who you are, right? So the putting the human at the center and the Quran warns so greatly at the making yourself the object of your own love. You know? I mean, and it's true, but then like how in today's world, I feel like it's almost, it's not even just love, right? It's almost treated as a necessity that you need certain things, that you must want certain things. Mm-hmm. So then how do you control you know, external forces from influencing you? Well, all these, that's a good question. And all these things... You can imagine them like uh, trees in the heart, and that which the one that will dominate is the one that you water, and the, that will, which will die is the one that you stop watering, right? So the if we keep watering a certain thing, you're going to love it more. It's going to grow, and it's going to push out the other uh, roots. And if you stop watering certain uh, uh, trees, they die. They sh- they never die, but they'll shrivel up to be almost insignificant. So no no man will ever stop having desires, right? Right. But if you don't feed them by not going to certain parts of town or certain look exposing yourself to certain things, it's never going to die. But it will be insignificant. It will be harmless, right? It'll always be there. A person's ego will always be there, right? But if you don't feed it, right? You don't keep looking at your, for example, let's say, I don't know what, say, say people's bank accounts. They just like love looking at checking out how much money they have, how their stocks are doing, right? How well, their if, Bitcoin is doing. How their Bitcoin is doing, which is the latest. <laughs> uh, so if you if you don't look at it every five hours, right, then your love of it's going to slowly decrease because it's all about familiarity. What you constantly expose yourself to grows, right? And what you ignore dies off. Yeah, but you mentioned like you know different categories of love. For example, loving something because uh, loving an artist, for example, because you love his art or his work. Yeah, right? for example, so you- some, someone who says, "Oh, I I love uh, I don't know Chuck Monet or something," right? Who is one of these? Um, is it Chuck Monet? Monet? <laughs> Ch- Charles Monet. <laughs> is it Monet? What's his? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> His style is called like uh, it's like uh, impressionist. impressionist painting, right. Right? How do you know everything? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know Chuck Monet, man. <laughs> this impressionist. Let's say someone loves that. When they say I love Charles Monet, they don't really. They don't love him. They don't even know him, yeah. right? He's done nothing for them. They love the excellence of his work, right? So that's why it could be. It's totally not wrong. Someone who says this. Although, even going further, sometimes some people will. Love the art that someone produces so much that, in fact, they do love that person, or yeah. they have like a, they feel like an affinity towards them, right? Yeah. This is why this is why we end up with celebrity culture, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because so I have like people the, falling in love with celebrities or sheikhs. Yeah, and yeah like the that alleged well. yeah. art that celebrities produce um, is very scientifically designed to elicit certain responses, mostly emotional ones. Yeah, and so these yeah. like fans, especially when they're kids and they're going through all these like. Uh, hormonal changes, yeah. they're like, oh, I just love, and I just want to be like this person yeah. so much. Right, 
And, and I, I, they, it's, it's they're making that mistake of uh, yeah. of going too so, far. Yeah, they're switching mm-hmm. lanes basically. And I always looked at anyone who was in those fields, inventors, any of these people that you might look at and admire their work. I've always made a conscious decision. I don't want to know anything about his personal life. Because I'll probably hate him. (laughs) Don't meet your heroes. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So these these are your heroes in doing something excellent, right? Or putting something beautiful or functional or excellent or otherwise. It's like you don't want to go to their personal space. Yeah. I mean, it's the – like even that mutual – Hatred is there too, right? That's why you have fanboys, right? Of yeah. like certain technologies, right? It's like they'll they'll love Apple so much they'll hate Android, or you'll have someone who'll exactly. love a certain you know piece so much or an artist, yeah. and they'll hate all other artists who oppose them, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, you you have that even in secular in the secular world. Yeah. Um, now, my question, you know, and, and since our topic is geared towards love and the molid and things like that, is is you know you brought up the topic of love. Um, you know what I'd like to talk about is you know. There is, you know, the idea of love entrenched in, you know, the, our tradition, you know, especially in terms of loving the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and, and, and being the time of the season of Mawlid. I know we had a lot of requests come in as well for us to talk about, mm-hmm. you know, the Mawlid, the holiday, the gathering, the time, yeah. you know, er, the, you know, the actual birth of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and, and, you know, what, what it actually represents because there's, there's even to this day, even in, you know, when we have people arguing about, you know, um, the craziest of things, craziest of things we still have at Molid time, you know, the typical Molid debates. And I guess people want to hear our opinion on, on those things, <laughs> uh, especially doctors shared these in Alex's. <laughs> Why mine? <laughs> yeah, I think that's just you, man. <laughs> I, I need to hear your opinion. I think, uh, I got a hot take. Anyone who, uh, denies <laughs> that there's something called a festive spirit, right? And that it has a very good influence on on a person's reactions towards something, right? It, anyone who denies that is denying something known in humanity, right? That there is an idea of a festive spirit, which means certain extra things that you wouldn't have done before that make people happy, all leading up to a certain climax day, right? That's what it is. It's a tool that's used in societies that has an impact on individual psyches. Right. To utilize that tool to be connected to the Prophet as a one, uh, a period of time each year to revive, revive a person's love for the Prophet, peace be upon him. What you're actually reviving is your Iman in the Prophet, peace be upon him, that he's a prophet. And therefore that's going to have a positive impact on your behavior by its uh, empirical. There is no way that your Iman can in the Prophet Sallallahu truthfulness can increase without that you look at his his commandments and his way of living and you alter yours to improve, to be more in line with his. That's why to me, I do have a sort of a take on the, the thing that it, if it's hijacked and used as a type of just a way for uh, irreligious people to try to feel religious, right? Or to try to, you know, have mm. two cents in there or, you know, it's almost like, well, who knows? Maybe I'm on the Titanic. Let me just throw out a, a rope to that boat. Well, first of all, maybe that will that is helpful to them, right? Maybe that is helpful. But what I'm saying is the actual benefit of uh, this thing is that love and happiness must necessitate iman, right? And iman must necessitate a correction of action. And when we're all correct in our action, then we all live harmoniously together. For right? sure. So that's the idea. Right, that's the idea behind it. 
<laughs> you also have irreligious people who try to throw their lifeline by denigrating the maulid. And that's like the one, it'd be like, well, at least I'm not doing this bit. Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, I mean, they're you know, doing whatever else they're doing, selling drugs, have girlfriends, so whatever. I find the people who are the strongest in condemning the maulid are people who have Thanksgiving dinner and, and <laughs> take their kids out <laughs> for Halloween. You know, it, it's, it, there's a lot of I've never, I didn't, celebrating their own birthdays. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> See, I didn't, yeah, yeah, or I celebrating didn't, the birthday of uh, the, the founder of their country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they do. It's a big yeah. party, but you know, and their excuse is, "Well, this is not a religious thing." Cool, have a molid for the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and make it a not religious celebration yeah. of his life. Yeah, but yeah. celebrate it. Yeah. Actually, if I can, you, you mentioned something uh, earlier talking about uh, these loves being like trees, right, in yeah. the heart, right, with roots to dig in, and that metaphor or that that image allows us. Uh, a moment to empower ourselves, yeah. right? To take control of our, over our own heart, yeah. right? And that's, I think, really important. I think the average person, we 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 just go through our days, yeah. right? We take whatever comes, you know. We listen to whatever's playing, right? We we have hobbies, but we don't really think deeply about why, mm-hmm. you know, we have uh, why we structure our lives in the way that we do because actually we don't structure our lives really in any kind of way. And you know, I. I'm working on myself, you know, in this way to think. And the maulid also is part of this, right? Is thinking about, thinking thinking of ourselves as the gardeners, mm-hmm. right? You don't water the weeds the same way that you water, you know, the vegetables or, yeah. or, or whatever it is that you want to grow. You pull them, mm-hmm. right? And the maulid is a, is a way, you know, of increasing the time, you know, spend. that we spend, yeah. right? Not just in the company of, uh, of good people, but just in dhikr right in remembrance of Allah and his messenger right and in celebration of that mm-hmm. and so again I, I don't engage these debates ever yeah. you know I really I see people with very strong opinions you know for and against it, it's not it's none of my business I, I'll go or I don't go it's, it's, it, that's fine but encouraging anyone listening right to 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 think about how they spend their time Absolutely. every day yeah, yeah. and to be very careful about what we're allowing to take root in our heart well the, the idea that you have to add to this is that if you look at human behavior it's very hard to be consistent on anything. Yeah. And it's very hard to, and it's very, uh, a little bit is sometimes not enough. Sometimes you need intensive, mm. intensive. So that's why yeah. Allah gave us Ramadan, right? Yeah. You need an intensive. You can't keep it up all year. Yeah. Yeah. You just need an intensive push. Now, the only way that an intensive could happen is when we're all doing it, like the month of Ramadan, mm, that's interesting. right? Yeah. We're all doing fasting and qiyam. Tell me, if you are got a job somewhere way off and there's no masjid, are you going to do tarawih? 30 days, 30 times sure, uh, sure. in a row. Guaranteed, 99% of the set of the Muslims, there's going to come a night where there's no motivation. He's all alone, right? He's not going to do his tarawih, right? Okay. He's not going to do nearly as much if he wasn't in Atikaf with people if he was alone in his room, right? Okay. It's just a fact. So the idea of utilizing that reality and harnessing it in the direction of Sayyidul Qunayn, alayhi salatu wasalam, that's the key. Right, and that's the whole purpose of it. Yeah, and 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 I think um, the reason why there are so many debates is because it's there are people who are on both sides of the extreme, and they do crazy things. Mm-hmm. Right, I mean, I, I've been to India, where you know, in parts of India, it's like Maulid season twenty four seven, three sixty five <laughs> days a year. Right, um, there's some <laughs> masajid. Right, they have like you know Maulid lights. Oh, no, 24 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in, in England, the Daisy's those Christmas lights hard for the Christmas lights. What? Yeah. There's like one that was like a techno party that you like. Oh, um, you sent me the video of this. It was ridiculous. Yeah, they, 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 there's this, there's this video where like there's like a DJ and he's like DJ cut it right, <laughs> and like in the middle of it, it's like. Doo, 
do they have like Nick, like Gasai on horn like they have like Gasai playing and in the middle no no it's like and it's like what's going on here this is a moment right but and and I think some people see that and they're like okay that's clearly haram and this whole thing we're gonna you know clean our hands of this and then go away and then it's like you know Elias said like. There's some people who make it their life to denigrate the Mawlid and still they'll hold like a, a Sira conference, yeah. right, in Rabiul Awal at Mawlid time, right? So, mm. you, or, you have... <laughs> well, the, if you look at Islam, there are certain things almost like the color spectrum. There are certain things that are neutral. They're impossible to mess up, right? And there are certain things that are, uh, they elicit different emotions. So if you look at three things, I'll give you three things. Hifd of Quran, jihad, and tasawwuf. Hifd of Quran, memorizing Quran, is down the middle, right? It's neutral, right? In the sense that no Muslim can mess it up. You cannot ruin this, right? Hifd of Quran. Jihad has been ruined on one side right. by ISIS and these crazy groups. And tasawwuf, right? Sufism also has been taken to another extreme. And it's funny how the states... The Arab states are trying to now use Sufism to cancel out jihad, right? And the jihadis, their default is that there's no such thing as Sufism, right? The false jihadis. So if you notice that there are two extremes and they're misused. Then you're oh, just the, ex- the extreme Sufis are of the position that there's no such thing as jihad. Yeah. Which is equally ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. The only jihad is the jihad of yourself, which there's no objective way to... It's the jihad of, <laughs> le- no, it's the jihad of learning how to play guitar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Losers. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> so it's a struggle, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I always look at the sha'ar, like the features of the deen, like a, the colors of a spectrum. So like jihad is like red... Because it's intense. And it could be, if it comes in, if there's too much of that in a person, he goes astray. And then you have uh, spirituality, which is like violet, right? Which is soft and beautiful. And if it's also too much of an ingredient, it, they, it ruins those people, right? And then you have the things that are in the middle that should be the bulk of what we do that cannot ruin anyone. Like salah and memorizing Quran and birul walidain. Not, these things can never go wrong. But... Just because you can never go wrong doesn't mean we eliminate everything else except these two. No. Right. The the key is to get it right. So just because we denounce ISIS does not mean we're going into the fiqh books and ripping out the verses of jihad and the chapters. No, we still admit that there is something called the jihad in Islam. It's got to be done right. We're, we're not going to take it off the books. We'd have no, we have no authority anyway to take it off the books. It's in the books in the right way, right? In the same way that any rational person would say, my country has to have an army. Right, so likewise uh, on the side of tasawwuf, yeah, there are some people who might uh, go to excessive, but that doesn't mean we write the whole thing off. So the point is to uh, see the colors of the spectrum and have a healthy balance, just like food, right? Just like food, you have just enough salt, right? There's always a lot more rice than salt, right? There's always a lot more greens than meats, like more. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) You haven't been over for dinner in a while. (laughs) There's always there's always more carb than protein, right? So that's the whole idea. <laughs> Again, chick. <laughs> no, but you're, it's a good point. Yeah, yeah. It, there has to be a balance. Be, and, and it has to be in proper proportion. Yeah, it's got to be balanced sure. in proper proportion. And the more you expose yourself correctly and truthfully to the seerah of the Prophet Sallallahu and to the life of the Sahaba, you will not be able to be imbalanced because 
it's right there. So this is they did everything. Yeah, that's my that's my take on it for mine. Yeah. Is, yeah. So I have two points here. First, I, I I know very well the history of the Marlin. I know that it wasn't done for a very long time, and that when it was initiated, it was initiated by a Fatimid ruler in Egypt who was a Shia. And I'm I'm hip to all, at least in a, in a large public sense. I get it. I don't. That's not stopping me. It's not deterring me. It hasn't deterred deterred ulama since that time who have encouraged it and supported it and gone forward with it. So, and the reason it doesn't deter me is a I have uh, you know just people have to understand what bid'ah is and they have to understand it from a Sharia perspective, not from a linguistic perspective. Even though they don't even, probably even speak Arabic well enough to understand it from a linguistic perspective, but even if that's how they're approaching it, they have to understand from the Sharia perspective. There's five categories of bid'ah. I'm not going to go into the whole thing. You can look it up if you're interested. If not, then remain ignorant. But aside from that, like even then, so there's good bid'ah and there's bid'ah that's obligatory even. And there's examples of all this and it's written in the books and you can go on Google and search it. Mm-hmm. Um, but on top of that, on top of that, there's absolutely no Google way. Google is a blameworthy innovation. <laughs> <laughs> it, it might be. It should be Juju. <laughs> juju. It's a, it's a blameworthy Egyptian innovation. <laughs> Google. <laughs> um, that said, my, pro- my, my thing is, there's absolutely no way whatsoever that I love the Prophet wasallam enough, enough, as much as I should, even close. And there's not enough that I can do any single day of my life to be thankful for the fact that Allah gave us that messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, put him in this world, made him our guide, and permitted us to be from his ummah. Mm. So what else am I supposed to do but be absolutely overjoyed the day that he was born? And if there's a, a gathering in my message where people are reciting poems in praise of him, there's no praise that I can give him that's sufficient. And if there's a gathering in which we're... Um, just talking about his sirah, there's nothing that I can do that is sufficient to show my gratitude to him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and to our Lord who created him and gave him to us for this purpose. So, I mean, I don't get into the arguments. And if people don't want to do it, and if they feel they're, they're being safer in their deen doing that, alhamdulillah, maybe that's from their extreme love of so, Allah and his and, and, and that's what I was going to say, right? Is But don't get in my way. And that's the interesting thing, right? Is... Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the idea of love. I mean, it, love can also be blinding, right? Mm. And so it's that's why I don't like to throw out anybody's opinion on these types of things, right? Is people do things out of love at times as well, right? And like you said, and refrain you know, from things. And refrain from things sure. out of love as well, right? Yeah. Now it's like that's why it's it's this love that I wanted to talk about, and mm. one thing that. And this ties in really well since we're talking about the motive and the Prophet. Uh, initially, you know, uh, Elias and I wanted to talk about the, the, the idea of hadith and, and how people understand hadith. And this is where I was, I want to get to is because the idea of extreme emotion and love is the reason why there are so many debates at motive time. No matter what is going on in the world, there could be the craziest thing that happened yesterday. If we release a podcast that said Molid debates Barelvi Diobandi, we would get the oh number gosh. one podcast hit <laughs> out yeah, of anybody, it's right? Not... It's be, it's because, and it's not because Hunger you know games. That's because <laughs> Molid debates. Hunger that's because games, there right? is more emotion exactly. than fiqh. It's emotion, and Over and I would fiqh. say I would say love too, right? In yeah. in in, yeah. A, in a degree, emotion, yeah. um, it's because both sides, you know, love the Rasul Sallallahu and. By saying that, you know, some person's not celebrating the mawlid, you're saying that that person doesn't love the rasul. Yeah. And so they get that's emotional right. about that's their opinion. Right. Yeah. And here's the thing. There was a, there was a, a alim in the th- uh, third generation in Medina 
that uh, people began to blame him that he never commands the right or forbids the wrong. Like he never forbids wrong. So they said to him, Sheikh, it's said about you that you never forbid the wrong. He said, no, it's because when I see someone acting, I can always find the evidence mm-hmm. and, a, and a shara'i justification for his action. Right? So it's, it's whenever information is in a uh, deficiency, emotion is increased. Right? So whenever you see emotional uh, discussions, it's because knowledge and information is at a, uh, an, in a deficiency. Right. Right. Could I could I actually then using that same logic actually I'm going to take it's just a slightly different take on the debate. Oh please, because on. while I agree with the takes made here, excellent takes. You know the and while I absolutely acknowledge and bemoan a lack of knowledge, right, and a lack of adab, right, in our community in our disagreements with each other, that's a, a travesty, right, one which is exploited by our enemies on a daily basis. Mm. Still. When I look at some of the alternatives, I have to say that when I see people arguing about something, even like the Maulid, right? As annoying as it is, as much of a distraction as it is, some part of me, some small part of me says, Alhamdulillah, that people have, Ghayra have, have a, a sure, sense of, for sure. uh, are at least rooting their arguments in Islam, mm. even according to how they understand it, right? Yeah. right? Because in a time when more and more People just don't even care to ask, mm. right? When people have done away with the idea of ilm entirely, yeah. when authenticity, as we're talking about, that balance, of course, our authenticity is not based on ourselves. Authenticity is outside of us, yeah. right? It is on Alana's messenger and what they have yeah. given us and on the generations that inherited from the prophet. Like, of course, when I still see people engaging right, with yeah. our intellectual tradition, Making their ijtihad, even if they're not qualified sure. to to, to sure. make ijtihad, at some level. I'm just maybe I'm. It's not often that I find myself to be the optimist in a gathering, but still, something about this makes me happy. That's great. Be yeah. That the people are are rooting their positions in other than their own whims. That's basically somehow you know. Even of course, it can become tribalism, right? This this deal, Bundy, but everything. Sometimes it's way out of hand, right? Right. The fact that these guys are having. The other teams, you know, celebrities jumped in airports and, you know, all kinds of nonsense. Like, you know, yeah, we see that. We see that on the Facebook feeds, of course. You know, the, there's wild stuff happening now. 100%, right? Like Birmingham is going to go wild when we release this podcast. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be persona non grata in England after this. I know this. But, you know, something about this still, again, not defending people who get jumped in airports. But, you know, it, it's at some level, right? Because I see so much other nonsense. That's no, you're right. absolutely right. That's gulu, gulu. Extremes are, of course, yeah. of course. There's and, extremism, yeah. right? But I say, at, at yeah. least they care. Right? Yeah. <laughs> level, well, at least they care. People arguing over yeah. that than over like what gender are you? <laughs> Subhanallah. <laughs> Subhanallah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so we have a gender bell. Since we talk about it so much on this yeah. podcast, we ring that thing. Yeah, Dr. Yeah. Shadi yeah. knocks the bell every time it comes up, which is a lot. Yeah. 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 Or, or any of the other things that people like. Right. You know, so. Well, here's a, here's the thing. There, what I realize is that in, intelligent people, they can be so different and get along and manage to get along in life. Like, let's say they have to, as family, neighbors, etc. Uh, Johal, ignorant people, they can be in agreement ninety nine percent. They'll have a fight and and differ on the one percent. Yeah, and they'll hate each other on the one percent because of how foolish they are, and not realizing that y- you can survive on that difference. It's not a big deal. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- there's this uh, long treatise that I think like Wokar put up. It was about like the the braille one, one braille approaching another braille right in like the village, yeah. and it's just like, oh, you know, uh, what do you believe about like the placement of God, right? And yeah. he's just like, oh, you know, I, you know, I don't believe God is a place. He's like, alhamdulillah. And then he's like, okay, you know, who is your teacher? And he's like, oh, you know, uh, I'm probably butchering this whole story, yeah. but I read it a while back. But he's like, oh, it's you know. Uh, so and so, right? And he's like, "Oh, okay. Who's you know which which group of so and so do you follow?" It's like, "Oh, I'm in this group." Yeah. And he was like, "Okay, from this group, you know which which person's family, which branch?" Are you, which branch? <laughs> and then he goes down like four more levels, yeah. and then he was like, he says another one. He's like, "Stuff for the coffee." The whole time he's saying, "Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah." At the end, he's just like, "Stuff for the you coffee." <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a big shame, honestly. That uh, no, not to the, not to berate the the you know the 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 Sunnis of India. And, and, no, no, and, but every every like, all the all the all the people that associate themselves first with a group like I am. No, I'm not a Muslim. I'm this yeah. kind of Muslim. Right. You're going down that path eventually because yeah. people yeah. you're gonna have to yeah. take people out of that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And once you start taking them out of that group, and they're deviants, yeah. and if they go too far from there, then they become Catholics. Yeah. Yeah. In your exactly. eyes, anyway. Yeah. That's true. And the, yeah, that's elevating some opinion to become part of Darudi knowledge. Right. You know, it's like if I walked around every day being like, "I'm not, a, I'm a Maliki Muslim." Yeah. Right. I mean, I mean and that's why you. <laughs> I mean, I am. Good but. Um, and so like, you know, that, that's where like, I, I, I do, I don't want to like carry on the Mawlid thing, Mawlid, uh, discussion too long because we have, uh, the, the, the key is, the key is to go back to the Prophet and the engineering of, and the construction of one's love of the Prophet is very simply by reflecting on his beauty and, uh, and, and excellence and all things. One of my favorite stories that is such a simple thing. It's not even like anything. It's like three lines. That the Sahaba and the Messenger, peace be upon him, they were out on a journey. And they stopped. And one of their traveled a lot in Medina. And they stopped. And it was evening time. And one of them said, I have a sheep. We'll slaughter it. And we'll eat. So the other one said, okay, then I'll I'll um, do the skinning. And others said, I'll do the uh, roasting. Right? And the Prophet said, and I'll go get the sticks. Right? The, to, to make the fire. So they said, oh, Messenger of Allah, you stay, we'll bring you the food. He said, I love to contribute with my companions. So the Messenger, peace mm-hmm. be upon him, the, he, he was the messenger of the people and their prophet, but he was also loved to be one of them and their friend. And another time, uh, the hadiths on how the prophet used to eat in the gathering are, 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 are out there too, that the prophet, peace be upon him, in the while eating with the Sahaba, never brought up matters of deen. Right, and rather he would allow the Sahaba to bring up a subject, and he would talk on what they brought up. And if someone made a joke, he they never made a joke in the presence of the Prophet peace be upon him, except that he laughed with them, and his laughter was just uh, a broad smile. Like he never made noise when he laughed, because he's a prophet. He's the prophet, right? He's got to be have a gravity to him and and awe. But his laughter was that he would smile broadly, right? And he, no one ever was offended by making a joke in the presence of the Prophet ﷺ and then getting put down or not laughed at or made fun of because of how silly the joke was. He always laughed with everyone's attempted joke, whether or not he agreed with it or, or, or found it funny or not, because that's from his manners, right? That's from his rahmah. And he also, the food would, would, they would eat the food. The food would be taken away. They would still sit around 
because like just like a normal people have dinner. And then sometimes the hostess would bring back the leftovers because they sat so long that they might got hungry again. <laughs> and he would pick at that too. They would pick at like whatever's left on the bone. So imagine that, like this idea of like uh, you sitting around and then the food coming out again. Well, that happened in the time of the Prophet, peace be upon him, and he said nothing and he partook in it, right? Mm-hmm. So, and another time, there was, this is one hadith I didn't know about, that uh, one time one Sahabi had some influences from uh, outside of Arab lands that he had tables and chairs and forks and knives, mm-hmm. right? And that he invited the Prophet for dinner and the Prophet sat at the table with a fork and a knife. And that shortly thereafter, they noticed the Prophet, peace be upon him, was not comfortable. So they shifted to the ground. So this concept that, well, wait a second, this is all a bidah, right? Well, wait a second, hold on, forget that element of it. But the idea that the prophet did sit on a chair and ha- eat a fork, its we sort of imagine that that never happened. And he didn't do it. It happened like once for just a few minutes. He wasn't comfortable. He went back to the floor. right? And the prophet's sitting was always l- humble, in the most humble sitting. So these stories of the messenger, peace be upon him, when imprinted on a person's brain, Right, you sort of can start visualizing, right, uh, what it was like in Medina. You know that he had a garment that was Roman, and therefore the the cuff was tight, a lot like our shirts. Right, right. So, have you ever wondered how to make wudu when you have like a wool sweater? Yeah, you're gonna destroy it, right? And some people, out of piety, will destroy it, right? Like, I'll I'm gonna destroy this making wudu. And then all of a sudden you have a nice sweater and the sleeve looked like you're homeless, right? <laughs> well, the prophet gave a solution. He would pull his arm from under the shirt so he doesn't destroy the cuff, right, of the shirt. So that anyone who's got like a sweater or anything that you can't destroy your cuff and you have to make will do. The prophet, I sent him, actually had that and he pulled his sleeve so from under. you have to pull it out from like that or like this. You, you pull it out and you go under and you make will do so therefoore you don't destroy your shirt. Right, right, right. Right, so there is all the the the. never thought of it. I never, yes. I never thought of it. That's a long I'm thinking right now of two yeah. sweaters that are yeah. destroyed. Yeah. The sleeves yeah. are just too wide now. Yeah. <laughs> got so many hoodies that are just. But if you did that at work, you know, then it'd be even more like people. You're like underneath. Well, no, because yeah. are you wearing a sweater yeah. without a shirt underneath? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. That's true. The the good thing is about like you know like uh, you know at work I work with a lot of Muslim dudes so we all go make wudu at the same time yeah. so that everybody who comes into the bathroom that's not making wudu is the awkward person. Sure. You know, so that's the- <laughs> Did you guys know that the it, there's an international sign for wudu? What? Really? What do you mean like yeah. a like where can sign? I make wudu? Is it international sign? Is it rubbing your like forearm or something? It's a foot with water dripping from it. It's a foot at an angle with water dripping out of it. You gotta love which Europeans, is pretty man. funny. Man. It's pretty I, funny. I guarantee you, some like like really lefty, <laughs> crunchy European country was like, <laughs> we have to be welcoming. Exactly. We gotta show foot and yeah. sink signs. Yeah, it should have been a foot and sink. That's yeah, it's like a foot. Yeah, well, they were being polite about <laughs> yeah. it. They thought that would be offensive because you don't know. Not everyone well, is still doing the sink. Yeah. Right? You know They're what's like, a you know what's a sign that I saw recently when traveling? It was a person. It was a person. Standing on a toilet seat with like an X through it, like don't do this. Oh, <laughs> don't squat on the toilet. Don't stand on the actual like Western oh style God. toilet. Well, my question is, my question is, who filed that complaint? A, a bunch of people, probably. And how did they see them? The footprints probably left on the seat. 
And th- this yeah, guy, that's what it was. Yeah. Right? So so he doesn't wash, uh, clean up his his toilet afterwards. He just leaves. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. But was it? Don't stand. Don't squat like, on don't the squat toilet. On the, don't squat on the on seat. seat toilet, don't yeah. put your don't put your feet on the plastic on the toilet, toilet seat, seat yeah. and then squat to use. Oh, just right, sit. Right, right, right. That's also just seems generally like a recipe for disaster. Like, it's yeah. dangerous. You I'm know? sure like, you're gonna fall. Yeah. I'm imagining all of the. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't have the ridges where you're gonna stand and and not slip. Yeah. Well, did you guys? Very narrow. Speaking even of our, our <laughs> <laughs> yeah, precarious. Wait, wait, wait. Precarious, the, the, man. Yeah. There's a there's a whole scenario. No, listen. There's there's a Western movement for squatting, yeah, squat toilets, sure, and they produce sure. this like squatty Alex body. has one in his bathroom, right? Yeah, squatty body. Yeah, yeah they, Alex has one. They have one, and <laughs> like one of them was like really nice. It's almost like an apple toilet. They designed it all white, right? Yeah. It's like an. No, apple No, they're really toilet. nice. I mean, it's better for your colon and whatnot. Right? Yeah. Um, but he, you know that Muslims know the, we're the only ummah from all the ummahs, uh, the previous prophets, to make wudu the way we make wudu. And that's how the Prophet ﷺ knows the Muslim, Muslim on the Day of Judgment from from, from other ones is the marks of wudu. Mm. Right? SubhanAllah. Yeah. So increasing wudu. So then uh, I actually wanted to get into another topic still related um, is the idea of authenticity in narration so the reason why you know this topic came up was because i was reading that article about that um you know extreme right uh neo-nazi andrew what's his name andrew i read that andrew gacklin or something like that i can't remember his name i know i had it pulled up that kid, that was Andrew Anglin. Andrew Anglin. That was a kid as a failure in life, right? So, so no, it's the guy that they had the they, the yeah. New York Times did. So he literally, broke down he, crying he went from being yeah. an I never an, followed that story. He, he went from being an anti-racist vegan to like super alt-right vicious troll and propaganda. It's the same thing, right? And and <laughs> it's just two sides of the same coin. Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't know why I actually read through all like thirty pages of this I guy's like biography. Was, yeah. And um, what's really funny is. It reminds me a lot of other people I, about a, a lot. It reminds me about a lot of other people that I've actually met as well. Is his background, you know, as a kid and growing up in high school and in college, he was like this super left, you know, you know, pro like LGBT back when back in like the eighties, pro LGBT, right? Super left, and then he went from that and he got dumped by his like leftist girlfriend, and then he like, just, he just started to hate her, and then he out, went yeah. freaked out, and then he like freak freaked out. Well, he went well, he went to the Philippines. He tried to marry two Muslim girls, and their dad kicked him, his their dad kicked him out. So yeah. then he hates Muslims now. Yeah. So yeah. it's a clear pattern. Of so basically, rejection. this guy just couldn't get a girl. And every that's time it, it didn't work really out, what he it got is. mad. That's yeah. really what it yeah. is. Yeah, that works. And, and, and so, yeah, it, but the thing is, it's crazy because he went on a lot of sites like 4chan and Reddit and, you know, he created the Daily Stormer and eventually he created like a movement out of thin air. And they said that people that had read his blogs and his sites, they never met him. They never knew yep. anything about him. Thin air. Right? Out of thin air, people are believing this guy. Most of the people, if they probably knew who this guy was, they would have like thrown him out. Like, That's okay, true. forget this guy. You know, he's clearly yeah. all over the place. Cornwall, he was like yeah. super left yeah. and then he went super right. Uh, he doesn't hate Muslims. He tried to marry one, right? Yeah. Um, and he got rejected. And now he hates Muslims. It's like, what you know? Yeah. What do you know? And he's so, t- he's totally Russian payroll. If you saw that, right? oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So and 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 that goes to show. <laughs> Wait, what what angle is this now? <laughs> Russian payroll. You think about how these people earn a living, right? Yeah. 
How do these people earn a living? Uh-huh. And, and in fact, he's just a pawn. Are we treading into conspiracy theories? No, this is a fact, right? right? I'm not caught up on this my conspiracy yeah. theories. Yeah. I've been yeah. in Turkey, yeah. you know. <laughs> we have we have an episode yeah. on that. Yeah. Okay, okay. I'll have to go into the archives. Yeah. <laughs> Look up Are You Woke? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. The... So, you think about how these people, how do you earn a living? Yeah. Doing nothing yeah. but posting blogs, right? And in fact, he's trying to actually people. A lot of people. A lot of people do, as a matter of fact. They they they've got to be on some payroll or other, right? And this guy is he operates out of Russia, right? And his engineers are all Russian, right? And he it's very obvious that he must be on the Russian payroll. Yeah, I'm, I right. don't know about all that, but let me. Wait, this, this, this Andrew Anglin guy? <laughs> yeah, he was in Russia. He's based out of Russia. Daily no, St- no, no, no. I don't think he's based out of Russia. Daily, Daily Stormer? Read it. Read the thing. He was based out of Russia. Stormfront? Really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. He's based. You must. It's, it's same, the same brand, same, right? I mean, yeah, like he's, yeah, he's borrowing brand. the name and everything. Yeah, yeah. Stormfront is old school. Yeah. Man. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the reason that's the is OG, that. Yeah, that's the OG. That's the OG Nazi. The reason is that I was on a long drive, right? And I had my friend read it to me. And he read me the whole thing. And then in that, within that, uh yeah, because I have a problem sleeping in the car. I'll sleep on the highway. So you have a guy sit with you. Read so you I had someone read me. <laughs> I had a I had a friend get f- Insta paper. You can have it read it to you. Oh really? I didn't know. Yeah. That. Well, you have to probably have a smartphone for that. Yeah, but. You, your flip phone <laughs> thing isn't gonna work. So she said it's so analog that yeah. he actually uses a human yeah. <laughs> to, do, yeah. to do voice text to voice. It's not. In this case, it's not Insta paper. It's literally just paper. Yeah. <laughs> Did you print it? <laughs> I haven't gotten that far, but if I have to. But this guy is based out of Russia. So he's a, basically a pawn to create problems in America, right, by the the Russians. <laughs> yeah, so uh, the, the reason I brought that whole article up isn't uh, – the, the, the point was that the idea of authenticity of people is really important when you're trying to understand knowledge. Oh, I got you. Mm, right. I got you. And it's crazy to see that people like – you know, this Andrew guy, you know, is able to create this mass movement just based on anonymity, yeah. right? And just saying things. Yeah. And in the Islamic tradition and in the Hadith tradition, it's one of the only traditions that's like voraciously, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, uh, made sure to verify the authenticity of their narrators. And yeah. there have been people, there, there are lots of Hadith, even in Hadith collections like Abu Dawood, where people will consider it unreliable because one of the narrators is yeah. you know unknown or one of the narrators is just you know nobody's known of him or he the, the, he's just an, a liar or something like that right we have a complex framework of narration and understanding the words of the rasul yeah because knowledge is all, all knowledge is going to be one of three major categories so it's either going to be something that you thought about like logically which is intellect right and for that, it doesn't matter who it comes from because you could assess it by yourself, right? Right. Or you have observation, which is the, what we call science. Also, it doesn't matter if you are the worst human being in the world. If you bring me a, a hypothesis and you tested it yeah. right in front of us, mm-hmm. we accept it. Right. And then there's transmission, right? Transmitted knowledge. So, for example, maps is all by transmission. You've never seen the yeah. world, right? But it's transmitted. Uh, history. History, yeah. right? <clears throat> And religion is in the branch of transmission. And transmission requires one thing, and religious transmission requires two things. Uh, Transmission requires just that you're uh, transmitting properly, like a reporter, journalism. 
You could be a good guy, bad guy. If you know how to uh, report properly with evidence and basis, you're going to be accepted, right? Your transmission is accepted, no matter you're good, bad, or ugly. However, if you are uh, transmitting religion, at this point, we need you to be not only uh, upright, not only correct in your transmission, which is called uh, dupt, but you also need to be upright because we're taking religion from you. And the main uprightness is that you would never lie about the Prophet, peace be upon him, والسلام, and that's al-adl, right? So that's what we have to have. And that's why this issue of transmission, if you look at the field of journalism and history and hadith, you find a lot of similarities right. because it's all transmission, right? And we got to make sure that you're transmitting properly. So we know, for example, if I tell you something and it's from the New York Post versus a report from the New York Times, which one are you going to take? You know the New York Post is full Neither. of garbage, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> yeah, <Neither>. <laughs> <laughs> And probably some, but, one of the reasons why that's fallen by the wayside is because now I feel like, you know, there's a prevalence of the idea that every truth can be independently arrived at, right? Mm-hmm. Which is which is not true, right? Totally like it, not true. It's, totally it doesn't not make true. any sense. Yeah, totally But not that's true. like the emphasis so on everything, Can you right? expand like on that a little bit? Like, you know, the... Uh, I mean, in what sense? So, I mean, you can't arrive at all truths independently by yourself. You're totally right. right? Oh, yeah, it's absolutely. Not, you it's need... not, yeah, it's so, just not. But there's a emphasis on that, right? Because whatever framework we operate now, under now, right, like scientific method or all these things is that experimentation, empiricism, you can arrive at everything yeah. via repeated, you know, experiments. But that's not true of all types of knowledge. And there was a there's a lot of uh, Muslims and uh, who go against hadith for this reason. Mm-hmm. And there was recently an Al Jazeera um, journalist who went off on a Facebook post on how how can we rely on our religion, do this and do that, based upon he said from he said from he said from he said, right? And the answer is well, how else you think you can how can you arrive at the words of a prophet? Right, who lived fourteen hundred years before you, except through transmission. How else are you going to know this? Like you just said, it's not something you could determine empirically. Of course, it's also that's That's a journalist said this. A journalist said this. Of all things, that's their job. His job is to report what he said exactly. Sometimes from source over here, and sometimes from unknown sources that are verifiable. There's no Imam Rijal on unknown sources. That's what exactly. In one of the comments at the bottom, uh, the guy said to her, and she was uh, as a woman. Yeah, I can't remember who Ahmad Awadi or something like that. So she to be a dude. (laughs) (laughs) So he said, "Well, wait a second. When you report to us on TV, why should we accept it? It's the same exact concept." Right, mm. like no. I didn't, I didn't see the war. Yeah. You didn't see the war. Yeah. There's a war correspondent over there, yeah. and we're all getting millions of people are getting the information. Of what yeah, we don't even know if there's actually back. a war in Syria. Yeah, we don't even we're, know what's based going on. on. That, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, exactly. it, it's what Saad said. If you're going to base everything on empirical mm. fact, then you don't know whether yeah. war in Syria exists because exactly. you have to believe in such empirical facts. Know- you, yeah, you don't even know if your great 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 grandfather existed then by that logic, because yeah. there's no empirical way to prove that. You know, you can't dig up the, 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 their their body is long gone. Also, everything is long. Yeah, as, yeah you have to prove you should, it through yeah. logic. Way, you should right? also never yeah. drive across a bridge 
because you don't know if it's structurally sound it's unless true. you examine yeah. the blueprints yeah. and right. then examine the like yeah. it's just re- yeah. it's a ridiculous but, way to go through life and that's why it, it's it's almost a fallacy right and and this is why I, th- I say like most people need to take like a basic <clears throat> class on logic or computer science in order to engage sure. in life in general nowadays or just logic yeah no 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 I, I, I snuck that in there if anybody paid attention <laughs> I did <laughs> um, because you know there are forms and, uh, and 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 knowledge out there that is not empirical we've talked about this numerous times yeah. for example just the idea of your the existence of your grandfather yeah. is not empirical fact it's logically proven that the fact that you exist proves that your grandfather must have existed. you you must have had a grandfather yes. but who it was right. exactly. is based that, on trust that's, that's a yeah. that's a trust. rationally yeah. proven logical argument yeah. and we believe in rational science otherwise you can't you can't exist we believe yeah. in rationality yeah. And in the same way, hadith, we believe in it rationally. In the so, for someone to come and say like, "Oh, how can I believe in this religion that's just based on words of people?" Then how can I believe in anything? Yeah. So let me clarify. I don't think these people really actually believe those arguments. Probably. No, they yeah. just they They're want just, an, excuse an excuse to do yeah. something yeah. haram. That's, that's what they want. Be, well, let me just clarify what you just said about believe in rationally, because someone might say, "How could you believe rationally?" The reason is that <clears throat> when you when your argument is the elimination of all possible uh, explanations of a thing besides one, right? So that we eliminate that the muhaddithin, the scholars of hadith, invented all this. We eliminate, that's impo- it's impossible. When you see how vast the literature is, it is literally impossible for all of these people to have c- created this fake world, right, of hadith. It's impossible because they didn't know each other and they were all writing and transmitting and talking about the same people with the same tr- similar transmissions, right? So that once you eliminate, 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 you're only left with one possibility, which is that they were truthful. And you do have to believe that. It is a step of belief in a sense because you didn't see it yourself. You did not see that there were uh, who, who the hadith transmitters were. You did not see them. But you eliminated rationally that they were liars. You eliminate that, that they're playing make-believe, that they're all deluded, that they're all crazy, uh, you eliminate all that, so you're left with one thing, which is their truthfulness. You have to accept it. What, what's that? What's that Sherlock Holmes quote? You know, when you've eliminated the impossible, all that remains is however, what's however, yeah. however improbable, improbable must yes. be the truth, yeah, right? And, and and that applies in the, in yeah. in this scenario. And that's how that's how that's how it goes about, right? Yeah. And, and so, th- I want to take a moment to you know ask you know about. Hadith criticisms that exist. I wish we had someone like Jonathan Brown here. That would have been awesome. Yeah. Well, um, well, Daniel's coming in a few weeks. He's doing. He, he's not right? a Hadith guy, but he's doing something, and we'll bring him. Oh, actually, when John, oh, when 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 Jonathan Brown comes down uh, to NJ Dawa, is he coming? John Brown. Let's find out. Let's send him out. I'll look at you. I was I was gonna send it. Oh, yeah, it's going to take him 30 minutes to find it. Cause <laughs> <laughs> After Shady was going to write a letter. <laughs> right, right now he's pressing the number four seven times to get to Jay. Inshallah. <laughs> 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 okay. uh, I lost my train of thought. You, no, you were talking about the, the, uh, the, hadith, the, the critics. Hadith criticism. Hadith criticism. And there's a lot of hadith criticism. A lot of yeah. people within hadith who were not upright even from early times, and they talked about him, yeah. right? They oh, talked yeah. about him. And some of them, uh, they would cut apart. And, yeah. and sometimes they would isolate. It wasn't binary. 
it's not like he's totally accepted. Yeah. Very few people were binary. A lot of uh, Hadith scholars yeah. are accepted, except when yeah. he transmits in this manner. The, the, right? If he says, yeah. uh, uh, an, right, then yeah. he's a mudallis and don't accept it. He mm. must say, it's, he informed me, he informed me. Or if he transmits from a certain person who is also trustworthy, yeah. but their connection is tenuous. Right. Right? Oh, by when the you, way, NJ Dawa happened last week. Yeah, I remember that when you yeah. said it, yeah. I don't go to conferences. Yeah. <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> yeah, none of us go That's to conferences. Yeah. If anybody wants to know our opinion on it. <laughs> on the issue of, of Hadith, right? Yeah. With, and I mean, this is connected with the Russian Storm or Knucklehead, whatever this guy's name was, yeah. but the Alex something. But even with this journalist, right? The, I remember it was a post of yours, actually, that called my attention. Was it 2016 or something? The word was post-truth. Oh yeah, right? that's true. And this is this has become part of our. I mean, I found this in academia years ago, yeah. and and at first, right, when there is no uh, objective, you know, sense of, of what is true, yeah, right. Then everything it's just a free for all. Everyone's just talking off the top, yeah, right. And so, I mean, for me, I mean, there's there's many reasons, alhamdulillah, that that I've stayed Muslim. But the one I think that really brought me to really Consider it very seriously. Was was the 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 specificity, the depth of the historical record? Really, I mean, I mean, we believe in in the Bible, right? We believe in the Gospels, yeah. right? We believe in the Torah. That these right. were revealed texts, right? But I don't know how Christians believe that if they don't believe in the yeah. Quran, right? Right. Like that, you look at their own historical record; it's a mess. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a mess by their right? own admission. Yeah. They're, 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 they don't they, they can't even really verify that Isa Day Saddam is yeah. a real human being, yeah. right? Like this is. And so many, you find in the West, I think many Muslims or I'll say young people who were raised in Muslim families, perhaps, right, know more about Christianity than they know about Islam. Or what they think they know about Islam is very informed by Christian beliefs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? And their own approach towards their religion. Right? Better, better scholars than me have, have made this case. You know, the, and if you don't have that, right? And even if you do, but you want to undermine it, yeah. right? You need to come for the foundations, yeah. right? You need to come for the hadith, uh-huh. right? You need to come for the sahaba, yeah. right? And what's happened, right? In leftist circles, you you, you see people coming for the prophet that I was going to so right? These are among people who identify as Muslims, are claiming Islam for themselves, but they say, well, you know, these were misogynist things yeah. that were happening, yeah. you know, in it's his time. Funny, yeah. It's yeah. really it's yeah. crazy, you know, and and so for. Us, you know, what is the biggest enemy of the post-truth? Is truth with a capital T? It's, it's just not yeah. used yeah. that phrase. Yeah. <laughs> it's real, I mean, we're post-truth. We're post-soul, right? Like, this is <laughs> this is the time. That, yeah. This is the time that we're yeah. in. Post-post. And so one we're, thing that's key, we're post-post. Yeah. Post, you have to be or pre. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's and, come full circle. <laughs> and so the strongest thing, right? I think often we we devolve into reactions. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. We react against uh, the attacks, right? Mm-hmm. Rather than founding. Our arguments in the fundamentals, yeah. Yeah. right? No, that's true. The yeah. we need to really like. I, I see among kids all the time. Like, there's very little knowledge yeah. of the Quran. Forget Hadith, like the Quran yeah. and, and how it's been compiled. Like we're going yeah. through your book yeah. uh, on Alum al Quran, like which yeah. is introductory, right? Like it, this is supposed to be basics for for, yeah. for the uninitiated, yeah. right? There's so much that the average person doesn't know. It's a one hundred one. Yeah, yeah, it's one hundred one, right? And and Hadith, right? These for a journalist to go off like this, yeah. unbelievable, right? Yeah. And Al Jazeera is one of these networks, and you know, so they, they've done a lot of good for us, you know, in terms of certain stories, calling attention to certain things. But for a journalist like this to attack, yeah, right, the very foundations, yeah. you know, yeah. already, it's not surprising. And we, so when we see guys like the, this knucklehead, the storm, yeah. I'm sorry, just to, to to close the point, 
for this guy, this stormer guy, to go from left to the right, right? To go from extreme left to extreme right, right? According to his own yeah. narrative of himself, yeah. well, right? Well, somebody else but narrating it, about his Okay, yeah. okay. So this doesn't surprise me in the least, right? I see this all, all, all the time. I see leftists, right, who I remember from political coalition work back in the day, right, becoming either soft liberal or right wing all the time. And I mean, the leftists are like the Salafis of politics. Like they turn on each other all the time because they're talking off the top. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They're undermining each other all the time. There's no real standard. You just right? took like a hard jab at Salafis, like without. Like... I love my Salafis too. I love my Salafis, but there's weaknesses, right? Like, and, and they would know, right? They know I love my Salafi people, like, but, but there's a weakness there, right? In, the, in, in epistemology, like there's no, if you don't have a tradition, yeah, right? If you don't have a clear standard, I'm talking about neo-Salafis, I'll say. And they don't have you a know, flexibility to allow for posts. Yeah, they don't have a flexibility within like, them. Leftist takfir is a thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. They, they, leftists mm. make takfir of each other all the time from the left. Yeah. Right, oh, yeah. oh, constant finger pointing. Yeah. Right, and then so then they run to the right. They're like, you know what? Screw these people. There's clearly no ethics here. Yeah. Right. So then they just go back to tribalism and say, I'm, which is the right. I, I, mean, I wonder. Sorry. No, go ahead. It's an interesting point, and as a Columbia guy, you should know. You'll you'll be aware of this. A lot of the neoconservatives, the neocons that ramped up the war were like Marxists in the 70s. Yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. Like, they, yeah. they all came out of New York. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, they were all exactly. in, in like, at like Forum in Colombia. Yeah. And, yeah. Yep. Well, what I was going to say is... I kept on cutting uh, off the brother too, I'm sorry. So what were you saying, Zab? Yeah. I don't remember. I think I was saying, oh, what, what, what strikes me as funny is that like, however critical anybody else can be, like a, a non, from, from outside the tradition can be about Hadith, I guarantee you that actual Hadith scholars have been more critical internally within within the rigor right. of, oh, of sure. transmission. Yeah. With the so right just, intention. Yeah, the difference absolutely. Is the With the yeah. right intention. Yeah. Yeah. But it's ignorance of that tradition. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which, they think we just take everything willy-nilly. Yeah. 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 And, 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 and I mean, we've run into problems. I'm sure, Dr. Shad, you've run it's into... It's true, by the way. So, so, say that again? That, that, that is the Shia approach to their narrations. What? They actually are virulently against Ilm al-Rijad because they're like, what is it? it doesn't matter if the person is an outright liar and a fabricator and a fascist. That's irrelevant. We just look at the text and if it it's makes content, sense, content, we accept yeah, it. Yeah. Only yeah. content. Right. So like, but that's, that's a recipe for like accepting only the things that you want to accept. It's ridiculous. That's whims. Sorry. It's going to become whims. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. Martin, you, were saying. you don't need to apologize for that. <laughs> Not for that, for interrupting you. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I actually meant. <laughs> um, but um, now I lost my train of thought. I was going to say before. Dr. Chetty? Well, wait, wait, when you'll remember that. But when when you were talking about liberals turning on each other, that's what it got me thinking. All of these guys who are going down on this harassment in the workplace <laughs> thing, they're all liberal oh, guys. That's right. It. All right. I'm going to say something that's going to shut down the, the podcast. We may never yeah. be able to air again, but it's worth it. It might get cut. And, and by the way, this does not, this, I'm not saying that this is actually a factor or that it even is relevant to these issues, but could you imagine if they were all black or all Mexican American or yeah. for all Arab Muslims? <clears throat> but there's like, they're like 85% Jews. Wow. Like, just look at it. It's oh, all Jewish dudes. Stuff yeah, all these guys that are getting called out, they're mm. almost all Jewish. There's a, Every okay, once in a while, there's got, like a non-Jewish guy. You got guy. Weinstein. Yeah. That he started with it's, him. It's, it's right, Ratner, who? uh, Louis C.K. Like, it just goes See, down he's the... He's Jewish? Yeah. Oh, okay. just, you could just go down even, the line. Even the ones that they changed their names for Hollywood. Yeah. Right? Like Char- is Charlie, Charlie Rose? Rose? No, Charlie Rose, I don't Matt think A lot of them. But I mean, those are just the most recent ones, right? But there's like there's like a huge list now at this point. And there's a lot of them are Jewish dudes. And they're all on the front page of like the... The Daily News, I actually yeah. have the picture, and they're like, yeah. 
it's yeah. it's so ridiculous. Yeah, well, and yeah. I'm just saying, like, it, not, it's not mentioned at all in the media. Mm. Nobody makes the point, which is fine. Maybe you shouldn't make that point. But could you imagine if it was any other race? Yeah. yeah could you imagine if there were 75% Arabs? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It would just be all Arab, be. man. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, you had that. The you had like three. You had three incidents <laughs> or whatever, and some of, most of them turned out to be fake in Germany about Arab men, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, that they they came over as refugees. Oh yeah, yeah. Remember yeah. that? Do you guys remember mm-hmm. that? And it was like most of them were fake. A lot of them were fake. Yeah. Remember oh, you're that? Talking about like in Switzerland. Yeah. Invented yeah. stories of yeah. gang rapes and all kinds of wildness. Like yeah. Like, yeah. So, on there is Richard Dreyfus, Jeremy uh, Piven. Jeremy Not Piven. Only that. They're all lib- they're all left like yeah, liberals for sure. That's like the, the Yo, Russell the, Simmons today, man. Yeah. Russell Simmons today, yeah. That's like the what? craziest thing to me. Yeah, Uncle Rush. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, here's the thing, right? I didn't even know half of this stuff. Like, so this it's like it, it's just ironic to That's me crazy, that man. the a lot of the prominent. By figures, the way, the guy from Star Trek, the gay older Asian guy, Sulu, William, Chuck. George Tucky, yeah, George yeah, Takei, George, George Takei, oh, Sulu. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty it's well just, stuff. It's just ironic to me that you have these figures that uh, are advocating for a position that's really progressive, really mm-hmm. like so-called, you know, uh, advanced and and <sighs> morally superior. That it comes out that that all these dudes are like doing well, this crazy yeah. stuff. Another one came out against Al Franken today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's where we're now. We're gonna get like things like fourth wave feminism, fifth wave. Is it fifth wave now? I don't know. Which we're on. We're, the, at, we're on fourth wave now. We're on fourth. So, so they, like, how are they going to determines the weight? Just it, it, it all depends. But like uh, I don't know. It's, uh, Enough. It's like domain, you're, domain the, you're, the you're the guy that did his. You're the guy that did his thesis. So in, uh, you, had, you had original so you feminism, us, right? Like yeah. it was just just like yeah. women asking to not be like, beaten, not be treated as property. Then then you get that second wave, which is like the the Betty Friedan group right like the the group in in the 50s and 60s who are like you know we're like yeah. we're bored at home Ro- married to this Rosie orthodontist the well no even later than that i'm married to this orthodontist and yeah. i'm raising kids but it's boring and i wish i could go to you know i went to sarah lawrence and i could have a career doing something and this stinks right that's like wait and then there's the group that followed very shortly after that which was like all you rich white ladies from the suburbs that's nice and everything but we've been working outside of the house and life has been rough Right. Mm-hmm. And you're not acknowledging any of the struggles of like poor women, women of color, you know, uh, homosexual women, which is where you get intersectionality. This is the birth of it. Right. Oh, it comes from that idea that if you're going to have feminism, you should have feminism that acknowledges all of women's experiences, not just your, you know, petty bourgeois, mm-hmm. malaise living in the suburbs, mm-hmm. feeling bad for yourself because gee, life is real easy. And it's, yeah. and, uh, and there's not even a lot of good TV shows on during yeah. the day. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> Which right. was fine. It's a good argument. <laughs> I needed to quote but, that. Yeah. You know, it's just it's gone downhill, yeah. and unfortunately, it's gone beyond saying you know we're we're human beings and we deserve to be treated like yeah. humans. Which yeah. Allah and our Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam had always taught us, yeah. right? Not that every Muslim culture or every Muslim individual has ever adhered to that, but it's always existed for us. It went beyond that to now being like this thing where there's everything. Everything yeah. is an offense. Everything is an aggression. Every words themselves become violence. And of course, because of intersectionality, now you have to start adding things that don't exist, like fake women. Yeah. Right? It's just ridiculous. So it's like not even yeah. feminism anymore. It's like. <laughs> I forgot the belt, man. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. And yeah. they all fight with each other. Yeah. So, so and also, a, a big part of third wave feminism is being sex positive, right? So, like, dress like a prostitute, acknowledge that sex work is a valid way of expressing your, uh, your work and your, uh, Career. sexuality, Advi- uh, you know. 
support pornography in some instances and say that it's empowering to women if they're taking control of their careers. It's just ridiculous. It's just nonsense. Yeah, I mean, that is already a thing, right? The, the yeah, support, sex positive. The, the, the sex support positive of pornography. There's like, I mean, they have like documentaries on all this stuff. It's like pro pornography, how it's like in the adult industry, things like that. And now, I mean, there's, it's even, there's like fourth wave feminism now, which is like, you know, women need to have their own like separate carriages and trains and stuff, things that we've been saying for years, right? Right. So this is like the return. <laughs> this is a like lot the- of, a lot of what, by the way, a lot of what people are complaining about on college campuses and they're going all oh, snowflakes and whatever. When it comes to gender relations, it's just people returning to the fitra, right? Like there was a poll recently that I read where, um, something like, it was above 50% of women said that a man who's not, they're not in a relationship with or whatever, um, saying something about how attractive they look like, oh, you look nice, or that's a nice dress, or, you know, something more vulgar than that, whatever it is, right, is considered harassment to them. Mm. More than half said that. And above 30%, it was like 35 or something, said that even a man that they're not in a relationship already, inviting them out for a drink or something, is considered uh, unwanted uh, sexual attention or harassment, which is true Islamically. You're, you're not supposed yeah. to go around complimenting women that aren't your wife. Yeah. You're not supposed to go around asking women who aren't your wife to go sh- spend some time with you in private. Yeah, right? true. So these are, these are just, this is just a reaction from the, from the fitra. These are great They're points. just acknowledging, and, and I think it's come to a place where, um, maybe because, you know, they've, they've, they've gotten rid of all the tradition, all the normal, you know, religious, uh, mores when it comes to gender relations. And they're still left with their fitra and they're like, yeah, it's uncomfortable anyway. Yeah. And this Tinder thing is not working out for us. It's actually kind of, it, kind, about, of, it, about it kind of puts us in a bad position. What about Minder, though? Oh, God. help us <laughs> I mean, oh, these are good points. Good uh, summary. That was a good, that was a really good summary. Yeah. yeah. So, you should actually clip that out. Uh, uh, you know, the, mar- the marketing people got to clip that out and make that its own little YouTube thing as a summary. Yeah. First wave, second wave, that. third wave. That um, so I, I want to come back from the feminism tangent, which we always go on somehow, yeah. and uh, bring it back to the Hadith criticisms, right? Okay. The two are intertwined. They're intertwined. <laughs> you know, they, 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 yeah. they kind of are, and that's where yeah. I, I kind of want, want to bring up that topic is, you know, I've met people, and I'm sure, Dr. Shetty, you've met you countless people who have actually gone astray off of the religion because they don't understand Hadith, right? Yeah. Because yeah. they will just pick up, like, you know, a book of Bukhari and start reading it and read you know, things that hadith met may not even be, you know, classified as reliable. And they're like, oh, you know, the Prophet did this. You know, I'm, you know, I'm now like, I don't want to believe in this religion anymore. Yeah, yeah that's how it is. They already come with a worldview, right? And they've come with a conclusion of what is right and wrong already, right? And if you're truly coming to a religion uh, where there's a God and he's, he made you and he's going to tell you what, you know, what's what's right and what's wrong, you have to come with a clean slate. And first, you have to respect, the, go to the root of the matter. Do you, the, we're asking the wrong questions. Yeah. We're always asking the wrong question. Yeah, we're always asking the wrong question of, uh, <laughs> did, right is, it rea- is, it, is it true that the prophet did X, yeah. Y, and Z? Right. right? Yeah. Wrong question. Yeah. The right question is, do you believe this is a prophet of God? Mm, right, exactly. exactly. That's the right question. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And if you do, then shut down your, all your own historical yeah, baggage, exactly. shut it down, exactly. right? And start over. And yeah. he will let him teach yeah, you. Absolutely. If you believe him as a prophet, then let him yeah. teach you yeah. and educate exactly. you. Because exactly. if you're questioning those things, then it's a deficiency in whether you believe that. Correct. Person. Exactly. That's what it is. Exactly. Like that uh, one uh, sister uh, once asked me a, a very strange question. And she said, um, the creation of Adam before Eve 
okay, reduces the validity of Eve, right? Because she wasn't created first. So just the first page of the creation story, that Eve was not created on the same day and moment as Adam, and she was only created later after Adam got bored, right? Immediately invalidates and reduces the position of the woman to be only a number two. Well, to the man. who said number two is worse? The prophet also came last. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great point. <laughs> that is a great point. So one of one of the things I said was, wait a second, the human human creation itself yeah. was the third of the intelligent creation, right? Angels, yeah. Jinns mm-hmm. and humans. Yeah. Well, who's preferable to all of them? Yeah. If if he's a mu'min, the human. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So the idea of firstness is yeah. something that's in your head yeah. that you need to get out of your head because it has no basis. Yeah. Right? If she hold on, this is just like a ridiculous idea because if you're saying yeah. you want them to be created at the same time, then you'd have to create all of existence at the same exactly. time. Then there will no, be no time. There will well, be no existence. Well, well, one of the things I said to her is, wait a second. Why would you even talk about that? Why not talk about why God made you a human in the first place? Yeah. Not why not an angel? It's and just, if he made you an angel, then you should ask the question, why am I not a god? Right? It's just a weird um, premise. It's like the f- first equals best, right? Yeah. If that's the case, then why is she holding on to all of her modern-day philosophies? Just go back to the first philosophies ever created. And she wouldn't <laughs> even have the question in the first place. That's true. She <laughs> doesn't have... The, not, at only, that, but, not only that, by the way, uh, putting aside the, the, the logical fallacies yeah. and the mistakes in that argument, um, what's wrong with ranks? Right. What's wrong with some people being better and more important? Yeah, absolutely. This, I mean, this is that in itself is a postmodern. And this is the part way. of our religion. Yeah, I and, mean, there's it's 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 across the board. Right. Prophets are better than non-prophets. And within prophets, there are those five great ulul azm right over the others. And then from the five, there are three over the others. And from the three, two, and from the two, one. So ultimate and ultimately, the feeling of being outranked only exists up till paradise. Inside of paradise, there are ranks with no feeling of being ranked. Yeah, I mean, this. Outranked. Yeah, I mean, right. so, and Mu'min Kawir, right? Yeah. This hadith, the strong Muslim is better, more beloved to Allah than the weak, though there's good in both, and, and to the end of the hadith, right? That's ableist. That's yeah. Clearly, that's yeah. true. Clearly, you're that's preferring ableism. people who are strong, whether it's emotionally strong, or yeah. what about those who are emotionally damaged? Or physically strong, what about those who are less physically capable? How about, like, so yeah, how about no, too strong? bad. Yeah. Allah, Allah loves and prefers one over the other, though finds good in both. So yeah. accept it. There's ranks among humans. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is like a postmodernist idea, right? The idea of rejecting authority, the idea of rejecting rank uh-huh. by thinking that, you know, everything must be equal. My opinions are all correct. Uh-huh. My opinions must be equal in weight to other people's opinions. I don't know right? if I ever told you this story, but there was the, um, uh, the French philosopher. Michel Foucault uh, and his books and his post-structuralism and how the lecturer was kept going on on the oppressive nature and, and synthetic nature of structure. It's a blah, 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 blah. Mm. I said, honestly, I have to say, right, this book in which he's saying this is very well structured. <laughs> the book itself is very well structured. Yeah. And I bet you, Michel, was receiving a paycheck on the same date every month from his university. Yeah. Right, And I bet you his clothes is in a certain closet and the food is in another pantry, right? And everything is structured. So when I'm looking at this thing, I always look at it, and this is is how Muslims live, right? You don't separate theory from reality, right? You don't separate theory from reality. So if there's a theory out there, how does it 
How, is it, how is it manifested in the here and now? So it should be manifested in the nature of the actual me- mm. the medium. Yeah, what I'm saying true. is the medium. The medium is also part of the message. So if you're telling me no structure, yeah. right? But the method in which you're using it is totally structured. structured. You should have written you that book like that movie Memento if you wanted to make a point. <laughs> Here's a take. <laughs> Here's a take you're not going to hear a lot, but I think it's I think it, I think it's a good one. It's a good idea that I'm working on. So somebody like Foucault, I know his work of course, somewhat. <laughs> Foucault's really smart, yeah. right? And the way he structured his argument, it's so it's so well structured. Yeah. Speaking of structure, right? Like his his positions are really good, except that he doesn't go further back than the Enlightenment. Uh, so he ignores yeah, yeah. everything that's ancient, everything that's in near antiquity, everything that's pre modern. It's all yeah. everything that's pre Enlightenment. He has no base. He has no. He's not strong in it. He hasn't studied it, and he doesn't incorporate it. And so when you're coming from a pre-modern perspective like we are, it's so easy to see the flaws yeah. in this, right? Because you're yeah. like, oh, that's nice and everything. It's good, yeah. gym- it's good mental gymnastics. It's, but that's all it is. You're not actually doing anything exactly. really brilliant here. There's no, there's, there's no way to bring this to the actual streets. Yeah. Right. Yeah. To daily life. Right? And they, but he's not going back now. He's yeah. going, he's starting at, at the place where people are, you know, painting naked gods on yeah. church ceilings. I mean, this is a whole generation or generations of European thinkers, right? Mm-hmm. Whose entire understanding of religion is shaped by what they think they know of Christianity. Exactly. Essentially. Right. Exactly. Right? When they're talking about religion and Marx, when they're talking about yeah. religion, they're talking about Christianity they're talking and, about may, one and, maybe some, and maybe some Judaism, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Even right? to this day. But, but mainly they're talking about this day. Yeah. Yeah. But mainly they're talking about a person who walked on earth mm-hmm. as God. Yeah. Right. 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 Exactly. You already failed. In that case, like I would have been with Marx. Yeah, sure. That yeah. that's that's an opiate. No yeah. doubt. Right. The, the he's, up, not, the, he's not talking about us. Clearly not. Speaking of uh, Judaism, the other day I uh, was talking to a Jewish guy and I asked him, are you uh, Orthodox or Reform? He's like, totally Reform. If I was Orthodox, we wouldn't be having this conversation. That's an interesting point. We'll come yeah. back to that, please. But go ahead. So, so I said to okay, tell me now, uh, correct some of my understandings. I understand that you guys don't keep kosher. He says, that's correct. So you eat pork. He said, yeah. You use electricity, do entertainment and work on Saturday. He said, yeah. And I said, then the prayer is not in the old, is not in the Hebrew anymore. The songs, you guys, you sing songs that are in different languages, right? He said, in English. He said, yeah. I said, what's left of religion? What <laughs> yeah, is the religion, yeah. right? Is it just a uh, pro-Israel identity? Yeah. It's, it's, he said, no, no, sometimes we wear the kippah, the, the hat. Sometimes we wear that. We do do prayers on Friday night is the big, uh, I think, yeah, Friday night. Friday night. We have the ceremony. Saturdays, we have the high holy days. We do do the fast, right? And I was like, but look, what's your, oh, this is like five things a year, right? Her, there's her, no her, real her, religion. Her, 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 yeah. And then he's like, well, within us, there's also another branch, which is basically like the LGBT Jews, Jews mm-hmm. for Jesus. The reformed. Reform and he put Jesus. this, unfortunately, he put that, those two in the same category, mm-hmm. right? So, but he's like, all that. So I was like, subhanAllah, like, where is the actual religion? There's nothing left, right? When you keep reformed everything, and it's just like you become a heritage, a heritage Jew, that's it. Yeah. Right? And of course, as the Prophet said, we will have people go down that path too. Right? Yeah. And we're, our job, though, is to keep it to a minimal. Yeah. And the difference in the set, you know, the hadith of the sects, yeah. the difference between the yeah. 71, the 72, and the 73. Prophet said, said the Jews will split in 71, we Christians in 72, Muslims in 73. So that's worse. 73 is worse. Yeah. But the reality is that 
in Islam, the 72 sects are so fringe and they only drag a, such a minority of people down with them and they don't last and they never formalize themselves. I, so this in our discussion, one of the things is that you have orthodox and a crisp line, conservative and you have a crisp line and then you have reform and a crisp line and then you have the secularists, right? Uh, non-affiliated. But in Islam, I told them like we do have groups like we have a variance like that we have from your traditional muslim down to your reform muslim right but we don't have lines yeah. and that allows people to come back and forth right and mingle and the more they mingle right that you actually reduce the sects yeah. at that point the reformist groups never pass on uh from father to son you're never going to see a family picture an outing of reform muslim from reform muslim with his grandson and his son right and the grand uh, uh and the grandfather mm-hmm. there's n- that's never going to happen there's no reform Muslim gathering of the four generations, right? Right, right, right. It's good because they're going to reform in different ways. So let's say the Turks, you're in Turkey, right? Yeah. The Ataturk folks, their grandchildren are not the same secularists. They're right. secularists of different types, right. Right? Right. right? However, you can get a Hanafi from a Hanafi from right. a Hanafi mm-hmm. from a Hanafi, all reading the same books, taking the religion the same way. Yeah, maybe they dress differently. Right. Maybe their lingo is differently, different. Maybe their humor is different. Yeah. But their religion is one, yeah. right? The and their fiqh example, is one. In the Turkey example, some of the, the children or grandchildren, great-grandchildren of the secularists are not even secular anymore. Yeah. So, some returned. of them have come yeah, back. Returned, yeah. So, yeah. so which, which just goes <laughs> to show you, uh, if you want to look at an idea, right, look at the test of time. Mm-hmm. Look at the test of time. And all these philosophers, they don't have followers anymore, Right. Maybe on like one point or two points, but you're not going to have a family on this. You're not going to have grandfather from grandson from great grandfather to great grandson, right? It doesn't exist, yeah. you know. So that's one of the proofs, right, of the sanctity of that of of the knowledge that's been passed down is that it's worked for multiple generations. Yeah, and and, and coming back to the to the hadith discussion, right? The reason why you have a lot of these fringe groups, the reason why you have you know, even things like moda debates is really a misunderstanding of a lot of the hadith, mm-hmm. right? So how does a normal lay person go about engaging with hadith, yeah. right? And I know you talk about it in class all the time, but, you know, for the podcast, you know, like what's the what, – what's some advice for like normal lay people to go about, you know, engaging with hadith? Do we just pick the up the only, hadith? Uh, well, for a normal Muslim to sure. engage in hadith. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't do that. Yeah. Imam al has written a book. That he has made for every Muslim to read and act upon right away, if that's what you want. That's called the Riyadh Salahin, Gardens right. of the Righteous. It's pretty big, right? Uh, we've been reading it from 2012 in MBIC every Sunday morning, and we still haven't finished it, right? And that's a book of manners, right? Akhlaq, that every, there's no like laws in it. There's no hardcore aqid or fiqh hadith that needs to, to interpretation, right? So that's a book that for every Muslim to carry. Another one is by Maulana Zakaria al-Kandahlawi, Muhammad Zakaria al-Kandahlawi, which is Hayatul Sahaba, Lives of the Sahaba. And that's three volumes in English you could buy it. Okay. And that book is amazing, I'm telling you. All right. It's thematic. It's not by the Sahabi. It's like the generosity of the Sahaba, then like a number of hadiths on that. Or the bravery of the Sahaba, a number of hadiths on that. And it's amazing. I recommend everyone should have that uh, on their shelf at home. So those, that's one way. The third way is to no longer be a common Muslim. And I don't believe that there is room anymore 
and it's safe anymore to just remain as a common Muslim. You must get educated, especially not in America. Not in mm-hmm. America, you, you, you're the common Muslim today. You can, there's you. How? Why could you be a common Muslim in the past? Easy. You got a hundred imams in the town, not in the city, just in our little town. All right, there are a hundred masajid with a hundred sheikhs, and each sheikh has been educated for five years, and, and ten you, years, and fifteen you, years. And right? you'd be surprised. I mean, people used to know their fiqh really well in yeah. these common Muslim uh-huh. towns, right? Yeah. You would pray incorrectly, and there'd be fifty people who would be like, yeah. "No, no, 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 you yeah. can't do that." Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. Or you fasted incorrectly, or you did yeah. something. Yeah. Even the smallest fiqh mistake, yeah. even in a nikah, yeah. like you read something wrong, it would be like ten yeah. people in the crowd, yeah. regular, common, everyday exactly. Muslims, no exactly. education. They'll be well, like, "No, no, no, you read that wrong." What was that story you were telling about? Like the the kid who like the soccer who was playing soccer, but he like knew an immense amount of stuff. I remember you saying something about that. I, I remember oh. you brought this up. Oh, I, I mean, I think Sheikh Salik mentioned it. Like in Mauritania, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like people. There's like kids playing soccer who know more than like you know. Uh, speakers <laughs> the more than speakers literally sure. and these yeah. and these kids are like cast off to the sides like go, go play go play soccer you're a yeah. failure and we have imams and masajid here yeah. right dude, dude the, the butchers and the tyrants like hajjaj ibn yusuf he he was a hafiz of quran right. <laughs> the butcher. he killed people hanging off the th- the cloth of the kaaba yeah wild stuff wild right stuff. that's how crazy he was right hajjaj ibn yusuf the man hanging from the cloth of the kaaba yeah. right still kill him right because he had an opinion against the ruler right he was a hafiz of quran right there was one woman that he captured and she said i swear by the one who never said the word kalla in the first half of the quran Right, <laughs> and he said, and he said, "Well, if you're right, I'll free you." And he 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 took a walk. He took a walk. The word kella does it exist in the first fifteen juz or not? Right. He took a walk. He took a lap. Basically, he came back. He said, "Free the woman." She was right. The word kella, which is like a negation, like no, right, does not exist in the first half of the Quran. Right. That's that was the the, the discussion between the tyrant. And the victim, right? So, yeah. So, I mean, I, I think a good analogy for it is like, you don't need a doc. You don't need to be a doctor or know a lot about medicine if you live in America. There's doctors. Yeah, right? that's true. If you're in a, yeah. if you're out in a malaria-ridden uh, rainforest. Mm-hmm. You and everybody in your crew has to know some first aid. Yeah. You're gonna, like, yeah. this is, so our this is our situation, right? It's dangerous where we're at. We're in America. It's dangerous. Yeah. It's a dangerous time <laughs> full of dangers that are attacking the health of our Iman. Yep. So we have to have the, the, the requisite medical training the way you <laughs> yeah, do for your body. I, mean, I think, I think the point, like, right, is that even our standard for what is an average or common Muslim has gone so low. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> That it's, you know, like it's, it's lost the meaning, right? Yeah. It's like, what is the basic functioning Muslim is like, yeah, the I, requirements have now, we've, and, we've and also them. the whole bunch of required <laughs> responses are required responses to absurd questions that should not exist in the first place. But anyone who's going to a certain universities or something, Muslim, he's going to come across these questions, mm-hmm. such as why does God use he, right? And apparently, this is no longer a question because that's his, the preference that he chose, right? Yeah. And who are you to that's, question? That's it? Preferred pronoun. Yeah. That's a preferred pronoun. Yeah. So and sometimes, yeah. and so sometimes the, it's true. We, it's like, I, yeah, we sometimes yeah. we, and yeah. sometimes he, exactly. and sometimes they, yeah. right? Or, or he, uh, or yeah. sorry, I, right? Yeah. right? So uh, 
I mean, that's a good yeah. example of the liberals eating themselves eventually. Right. And the idea of uh, the idea of uh, Karl Marx is his that, <laughs> that that's his preferred pronoun. Why are you asking a question? Yeah. Like that? How about say that Isha and the Prophet? That is their love. Why are you getting involved? She never complained. Yeah. She consented. Yeah. She consented. Yeah. She consented. Yeah. Fully well, consented. There's a power dynamic. dynamic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I would show somebody. Yeah. So this is why this is what you said uh, about or about eating itself up. And Marx was all about looking at human theories mm-hmm. and seeing how they eat each other up. Yeah. And he hypothesized that capitalists will eat each other, it, eat it, itself it, up. It, it's a web right? of lies. Yeah. So this this whole thing, progressive movement or whatever it is, it's going to eat itself up and mm-hmm. render its own its so. own innovations mm-hmm. irrelevant in a few years. So how feminism even is going to coexist with the, the transgender th- ideas? Is up for discussion anyway, yeah. right? So, I mean, for example, how iPod and iPhone, right? iPhone ate the iPod. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, iPhone is the one that re- reason not to buy an iPod is because iPhone. Of course, I still have the pinwheel, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the thing is that all human ideas and human endeavors contradict themselves, meaning that if you take the idea to the logical conclusions, it renders the original concept irrelevant. Whereas the whole point of Islam is when the challenge of the Quran is show us how, if you take Islam to its logical conclusion, that it renders any part of the path irrelevant or eats up any part of its its own past, yeah. right? And that's the whole challenge of the Quran. And and we're watching now as we speak a lot of these uh, liberal ideas eating themselves up. And it's just a matter of time until it becomes cast off as insignificant. And I'll tell you my theory is that if you're rich and your country dominates the world, you could pull any junk out of a hat and garbage and put it on paper and everyone's going to think it's gold because you're so rich and influential, right? We'll just wait until just wait until poverty strikes the American landscape and the Western countries become poor countries, right? You'll go see these ideas are worthless. Yeah. Right? People attribute, they attribute the idea to the person who brings forth the idea. And I, unfortunately, what all, all I, that I could foresee is a great amount of poverty coming to the uh, Western countries for a couple of reasons. One of them being artificial intelligence, putting people out of jobs. For sure. Yeah, putting people out of jobs. You know, when it comes to, especially, I was going to say early Islamic education, but it's not even about age as much as the basic fundamental level of it, right? Yeah. I, it, it's worth remembering, right, that the intellectual attacks on Islam were never all that deep. Mm-hmm. Really, I, I mean, that really was no, never no. their mm-hmm. their strength, right? It was ne- they're ne- never really that deep. Very easily to to show the the logical fallacy in it or the or the lack of foundations, you know. But for us, right, we need to be careful. We need to monitor, you know, and prevent them taking more of our youth yeah. than they should. Right? There's always going to be give and take. Right? Mm-hmm. People become Muslim. People leave Islam. Right? right? May Allah protect us from risk. You know. I mean. But those foundations like I, I, right on point you know like this is we are in the jungles right. out here oh we yeah are in the jungles mm-hmm. out here and these foundations like we were in istanbul the same program dr shadi that you were at, at ibn khadun university right this Ehsan academy thing sheikh hamza Mahbub, may allah preserve him you know who taught there as i see him teaching around the world you know yeah basic right like how, how many you know a few pages right this text is yeah. a few pages long right but how controversial, even you know the the simple basic beliefs that are inside it, is for your average 
American Muslim. Like, really, I... If they're absorbing this liberal stuff. Exactly, of course, yeah. of course. But I think, you know, the average, I mean, it's hard. Like, this is anecdotal, is right? Yeah. But, but really, like, I think if you asked, you know, a random Muslim in America 10 questions, you're probably going to hit Kufr within five. Really, like... So this it's not is, an exaggeration. Is, That's no. Yeah. What's it, do you remember any examples of uh, any concepts that were challenged things that stuck out there's certainly uh, some like towards the end of Aqidah yeah, that you know like things with regard, deal of Rick, the Sahaba, yeah with regards yeah. to the prophets also yeah. the Sahaba uh, things yeah. like that I'm sure that you like, know, don't, don't, speak like, don't speak against don't speak against, yeah, against yeah, the prophets against also, right? yeah. there was even something that I remember that came up uh, about thinking well of the ulama yeah. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Disparaging the, the disparaging. disparaging the, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. that. One. There, there's mm-hmm. definitely the one about um, you know there can not be a, another prophet so prophet after the prophet so because the Qadianis exist, right? Oh, so gosh. because I know, and so there are Muslims, Sunni Muslims who you know will defend this hardcore, right? Like no, no, no. How you, would they you, even be? Muslim what are they saying that they're Muslim? What? No, they'll say because one of the twins, they, they won't say they're yeah, not Muslims. The <laughs> they won't say they won't say anything. They'll just you know kind of like brush it off, like uh, you know. You well, know, I don't care about them either. Well, I don't I'm, care. I'm not yeah. a big. I'm not a big fan of like. Yeah. Whatever alleged things happen to them, I don't know about Pakistani politics. No, or social, I, I don't want to get into that really, but it's like I'm saying. But so people are like, you can't say that they're kafirs. They bro, are. They're kufar. Bro, it's one guy on Twitter that won't stop. I know. His he name is Kashif Chowdhury. Kashif Chowdhury. He MD. MD. He's got to tell you he's a doctor. Yeah. So stick to medicine, okay? Seriously. He, and, and, or he went after Rashid Dar. Rashid Dar the other day. He said, hold on a second. Just because I say, yeah, does it offend me that you say that there's a prophet after my prophet? And will I say that you're not a Muslim? 100%. <laughs> Right, for sure. Jonathan and, Brown's been roasting them too. Oh, oh yeah. yeah that's, uh, <laughs> they came. They tried with me a couple of years ago, and it just. No. Yeah, I mean, it's this one guy tweeting around like a firestorm. And it's like this argument yeah. is so ridiculous. Yeah. Right, my favorite term of theirs now is Sunni supremacists, oh. which I sure, yeah. Co- yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah I do think that. Of course, I think that. Aren't they Qadiani supremacists? Everybody is a supremacist of their point of, what of view. They believe. Otherwise, you wouldn't do it. Yeah. Here's the thing. Except for perennialists. Here's the thing. Yeah. There's, I mean, we've talked it's about this. Doctor Shetty has talked about this before on the podcast. There are certain ideas and beliefs that are mutually exclusive to other ideas and beliefs. Yeah. So by asserting or believing in one of them, you are necessarily negating, negating the, the opposite. <laughs> so that's not supremacy. That's, that's just logic saying, 101. That's, that's like saying a, a circle is not a triangle. This yeah. is why yeah. most people... You, you. you just invalidated the tri- <laughs> yeah, You just invalidated triangles. You're creating a toxic yeah. environment right. for triangles. Yeah. <laughs> a triangle can be... It's whatever it says it is. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. About to ring the triangle bell. <laughs> <laughs> we should have an electric triangle trans shaping yeah trans and this is why people need to take a logic yeah. or a yeah. computer science class <laughs> and and by the way when it comes to youth don't underestimate that it's all uh, ideological a lot of it yeah. time it's emotional and spiritual so oh, yeah. there's such a spiritual yeah. void and the material uh, materialist endeavors like the idea of being addicted to instagram or something right is viewed as a form of fulfillment mm-hmm. right and so households must have a lot of vicar and love in the house, right? That fills the heart from that void that's being promised to be filled by these other materialist endeavors, right? Fashion, music, all these things are offering a pseudo-spirituality to youth. Yeah. And it's all coming through. I, I don't look at the thing. I look at how, where is it coming through? And it's coming through a doorway called your mobile phone. 
mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that's where all the facade begins and ends too. I'll even claim that it will end there. If sure. you if you cut off that, close that door, you close the door of a lot of facade. But the internet, the phone, if you look at the medium of where it's coming through. And um, we have never been, there is no generation before us that has handled this fitna so that we have no precedent. We are on our own, historically speaking. Hmm. So one of my dua is, oh Allah, if there was an imam, an ummah, a generation that faced this challenge and overcame it, then I could just imitate them. But right. there isn't. Right. We are literally the pine vanguards of this fitna. So we ask for more mercy. And for the youth, uh, they, it, it's really important for, it's really important, uh, for dua because ultimately at the end of the day, I've seen some patterns. I see some patterns, right? However, there are aberrations to the pattern and the aberrations to the pattern of who's guided and who's misguided, right? She goes to show you that imam is from Allah, right? The idea that we have a guy like who we know, David Silva, who prays five times a day and loves Masajid and you don't know his background, right? Which is just unbelievable. Tells you God is from Allah and you have people who have been to the masjid. I know they go to the masjid twice a week, right? And then in span of one year, gone. Never want to come to a masjid again, have hatred towards Islam, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? So there are patterns. There are patterns. It's almost like, as I hate to use this silly metaphor, but it's almost like there's a reg- in the regular season, statistics win out, right? But in the playoffs, it's all about guts and character. And you have no clue who's going to win. In a short tournament, you have no clue. And that's what life is like. You have patterns. If you follow these patterns, you're going to get a generally good situation. But when tests come, you don't know who's going to pass those tests and who's going to fail. You so might true. be totally it's surprised. Yeah. Yeah. So I have two points to make onto what, that. What were you guys sharing around, by the way? Oh, oh that was sharing on the fly. It's, it's what does cons- what does consent so look Princeton like? Princeton has the a floor. dance that they do every fall. It's the orange and black dance. Yeah. The colors. This year they put out a poster <laughs> where um, I'm not even kidding. It says. Beyond simply asking and waiting, so when you ask someone to dance at the dance, whoever the initiator of this is, so like if a woman asks a man or a woman or whatever, whoever the initiator is, says, um, you should always check, you should also check in frequently with your dance partner, partner in order to maintain consent until the music stops. By saying things such as, hey, are you still into this? We can stop if you aren't. So this is like this a, is at a, a dance. Is this yeah. Esri atomism that you not, have to recreate this, the consent? Every, not, every, every, not even at the end of the yeah, song. Exactly. It's not ironic too. Yeah. They're like, you, so you're, you ask somebody to dance and they come, yeah, yeah. sure, let's dance. Yeah. And then you're like, are you still into this? Yeah. Every few seconds yeah. or something. I don't by, know. What it is. By the way, Alex, it's how do you start off saying like whoever asks to dance, how dare you assume that the person that the thing is a yeah, living the, entity way, it could be whatever also, initiates the that's true well. also by the way that's true just because be careful by there. the way the person that initiated you gotta be careful yeah they're whatever. also assuming that the person that initiated will yeah. have consent throughout right as opposed to the person that agreed to it right yeah so the initiator could be the one that changes their mind mm. Yeah. It's, a, it's a problem it's, it's, a, it's a terrible well, that's, problem that's the whole now, life can a non-living can a non-living thing have consent though well that's a big discussion now because robots are now being discussed morally uh, yeah, no, so moral animals, questions. There's yeah. people who are arguing for giving rights to gorillas. Oh, oh because like not of, animal rights, because of yeah. human rights. Human rights. Wow. Human rights. So they're gonna pay taxes too. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, maybe. Why, why do you get so, rights? Yeah, I, I, no, but yeah. when you said robots, when you saw about non-human things, 
getting rights? Like, for example, is it immoral? Is there any morality on beating up a robot? There's discussion. There's not even a joke. It's not even a joke, bro. And I, my answer to, wait a second, if, if it's the, the first, you're, you're again asking the wrong question. The first question, if it's so sensitive like that. Yeah, why would you build that into it? No, the first question would be, wait a second, you own a robot. Yeah. Isn't that the real question? Yeah. Not, can I beat it? I already own it. So ownership is a heavier issue than whether or not I, I bludgeon it with a baseball bat. It's your slave at that point. Yeah. yeah so I, and then how could I not own it if I made it yeah. or if I purchased it? Mm. So that, those are the real questions. They're like touching on fundamental questions. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm telling you, this is the, these By are the way, real discussions. Case, out there. There's videos on creation. YouTube of like Boston Dynamics, <laughs> yeah. right? Who, they're, yeah, yeah. They're like DARPA's mm-hmm. uh, you, robotics. Like the arm. guy who's kicking the robot. Yeah. There's like a compilation yeah. video of all the mean things yeah. they've done to there's the robots. There's this one dude. There's a new one. Now. There's this one dude, part of that company that's always shown. He's always like kicking the robots off balance, right? Yeah. But that's because a he's test. testing their like yeah. tolerances. I think somebody put together a compilation where like at the end of the montage of him kicking all these robots, it shows like the beginning of Terminator 2 <laughs> where the robots are like Listen, you should you, you should Google, you should Google that Google created some AI things that uh whatever softwares or whatever that these they go online and they pick up information so they picked up certain information but they don't have they don't process it in the same in in any specific way so now they started using racist uh, yeah, yeah. That was Microsoft. Microsoft. It was Microsoft. 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 That, they makes, made a twi- that makes sense. They made a Twitter bot got right, that fast. had like the yeah. uh, persona of like a 13 year old wholesome girl, but like it would respond to uh, like text and phrases that were fed to her, to that AI yeah. on Twitter, and that be- quickly became like within absolutely 24 hours. within 24 hours. Like the AI oh, became like a neo-Nazi. Like, I'm telling you, like, bro. Our, our brothers, they can't win, man. Right. The, the, is, the brothers can't win, man. Yeah. The Robert, the robots are racist. Like, this is <laughs> this is this is weaker AI. But than it's more a Siri. reflection of Siri people. won't do that. You know what I mean? Because people like are it has safeguards. It. You say, you can say anything you want to Siri, and it, right. it, it just won't go down. Yeah. That no, road but with you. the way that it was coded and programmed was like it would pick up like common speech. Yeah, you know for a regular 13 machine year old learning, machine whatever. learning across, common speech on twitter across yes, exactly. across twitter which is a mistake and and so they, they had it fire yeah. came up with this. Yeah. another another one of the ai um you know uh it actually create they cre- they were talking to one another and they yeah. created their no, own facebook. language mm-hmm. yeah that's, that's yeah. the facebook ai yeah that was google google yeah. translate did it right created it was from facebook and they had to shut it they, facebook shut it down mm-hmm. oh like facebook was working on on software that was like it, it was picking up language and communication and the ai two of the ai bots began communicating oh that's it yeah. and yeah. changing the language yeah. so in 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 Ep- and they were like we don't even know what it's what they're saying yeah. so we're turning it off so in season 10 while you can yeah in in season 10 when by season 10 inshallah when when all this ai stuff has taken off right inshallah all the problems are solved and we don't have to go to season 10. yeah <laughs> no what, we're, what's going to happen is we're going to be like wait a second you guys remember back in the day when yeah. transgender was a big deal yeah. right now it's transhumanist yeah <laughs> we're gonna have a robot bell too yeah, yeah we're gonna have well, to have a new bell one of <laughs> we'll robots in... might be doing the podcast actually sad's job's gonna be actually by then it's gonna be like this it's gonna be like oh somebody brought up the gel again yeah. oh yeah that's definitely that's definitely him yeah, yeah. that's what we're gonna be yeah. at in 10 years yeah. <laughs> it's gonna change the, the oh, gel bell. Yeah. Yeah. um i had two points to make one okay. is you know you brought up the idea of education and you know the minimum amount of education that a muslim should have it, it when it comes to the secular world 
right? If a person goes through high school, right, that's 12 years in, in, in North America, they go through college, do their bachelor's degree, it's another four years, that's 16 years of learning. If they came out out of, you know, let's say high school, 12 years of learning, and they were like, hey, I'm an architect, let me build this bridge. Are you going to let them build the bridge? No. No. Yeah. If they came out- You need an apprenticeship. Yeah. Good 10-year one. Yeah, 10 years, right? Yeah. If they came out and they were like, hey, you know, let me be a nurse, let me be a doctor, let me be – out of high school, 12 years of learning, you wouldn't even let somebody look at your books for accounting. You wouldn't let them do anything. Yeah, you right? wouldn't even boil an egg. Yeah, you wouldn't let <laughs> – like you yeah. took some kid out of high school, you wouldn't let him do anything. Yeah. And it's crazy that you go through 12 years of learning, right? In secular education, and you're counted as nothing. Like that means nothing, yeah. right? And we go through like a weekend seminar class at you know uh, <laughs> at, at, at such and such village, I'm stab right? yeah. <laughs> at such and such village or place yeah. or whatever. Yeah, where's my jaza? <laughs> yeah, and then and then you're like, oh, let me get to see jaza, right? Yeah. And you know little to nothing, and then you start like crawling around Bukhari, and then you go Murtad next week, like, and then you're gonna complain that oh, you know, yeah. I didn't understand anything. Second point. Yeah. <laughs> So second point is you mentioned, you know, other people, there are a lot of people who go astray because of this lack of education and this lack of, you know, closeness to knowledge. And I ran across, you know, an individual like this, you know, recently where just from being far away from their family and from being, um, they moved away further away from their family. They were regular every day going Muslim five times a day to the masjid. They're in itikaf, right? They moved away from their family. I'm not sure what other things happened, but they got really into like spirituality. They got really into like Buddhist theory, things like that. And all of a sudden they're like, you know, I don't really believe in God anymore, you know, and asking like really easy questions like, oh, is God just, you know, is, is, you know, like, why is there evil in the world? Why, yeah. like things that are not even, these are like, you know, these are not even that difficult questions to answer. Yeah. And, and it brings me, brings me back to both the education yeah. and they had read some hadith, which they like kind of went astray of, off of, right? And, and it's elite, the education, closeness to community, closeness mm-hmm. to knowledge, not taking things willy nilly from sources that you do not understand. Yeah. And also, you know, it's questioning. I think Muslims should also be skeptical people when it comes to even any truth, when it comes to Islamic truth or when it comes to – you should verify your sources, right? I mean that's really important, right? One of the things Jonathan Brown talks about these days is that a lot of Muslim, young Muslims go on worried about hadiths. He said, first of all, you're probably worrying about hadith that is not verified in the first place. Yeah. Like you're probably making a big fuss over a hadith that's weak to begin with, right? That so, happens. Yeah. That happens. Yeah. so um, I do. I think one of the things that I wanted to bring up is that uh, studying takes physical stamina. And there was a movement, I think, developed in the 80s and 90, took on the 90s that was very against pushing stamina, right, in studying. And so you end up with people who never really study. The, the idea of sitting for a good 90 minutes straight, right, is too physically taxing because. No one's made you get used to it, right? And at the end of the day, you get people who uh, their 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 knowledge is weak, and it will stay weak because the actual process. Imagine you have a computer, and you just keep saying, "Decrease the memory, decrease the power," right? You can have a computer that's worthless, right? So likewise, today Americans don't have this movement that is decreasing. Just take a break. Always taking a break. Well, entire society break. is built on. The softness. Unchallenging us. Unchallenging. Yes. Exactly. Un- that's un- exactly eliminating the word. difficulty. 
That's exactly the word. And if you, we go down that path when it comes to knowledge and studying, you're going to produce fluff, people who are fluff. Like you have to be able to sit down, rigorously yeah, sit for nine, you know? And uh, you look at the cultures that it's, succeed in anything. It, it's like almost, Alex, your point, like it – that's been eliminated in like almost all aspects. I feel like sports is the one realm in which athletes still have to like train yeah. <laughs> and they have to face some difficulty For now. before they can even get to the pro league. You know, like the fifteenth mm. man on the bench in, in an NBA team was like the superstar in his college. You know, yeah, yeah. and he never gets any playing. And we're, and and I'm just uh, grateful <laughs> that they don't have like secondary second place trophies and stuff like that. Participation <clears throat> trophies, yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Right. Um, I, 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 my, my son just did soccer and, uh, we, they said, and I was, I ended up somehow being the, the team parent, right? I can't believe this is happening, right? but, yeah. but there was like nobody yeah. there. And, and the two assistant, the two coaches man. looked at me and was like, well, we can't, there's no one, there's no pool of parents. You're the only one. So you're the team parent. Awesome. So I had to schedule the pizza party at the end of the thing. So we went to have this little pizza party and I looked at the guy next to me. I was like, I'm really glad that they didn't bring, uh, uh you know, participation awards. Yeah. He's like, Oh, don't worry about it. He it's league mandated. To go get participation awards. So he just went to go get them. It's just that he doesn't have them now. He bought it back and he came in and I said, Ayub, you throw that in the garbage as soon as you get home. Mm. Right? There's no such thing. That's as what it's worth. Yeah. yeah, it's just what it's worth. Right? And then someone was like, well, wait, no, he worked hard. Worked hard? At what? At losing? At what? Yeah. And, and here's the thing. <laughs> this soccer, yeah. you go to soccer, that's your reward yeah. for being a good kid. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Think about it. When you grew up, right? Yeah. If you're it's bad, true. you're not going to baseball practice. Yeah. You're not going to. I'm not taking yeah. you and yeah. paying money right. and letting you play, right? And you're playing because it's fun. Yeah. You're playing because it's fun. What hard work? What are you talking about, yeah. right? And you should have seen. And they 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 had like league mandated the coach yeah. with presenting the trophy. Mm. And I'm telling you, the kids knew it's meaningless. The kids know it's meaningless. They're holding the trophy upside down, not yeah. smiling for yeah. the picture because yeah. no, they know they lost. They know yeah. it's nothing. Yeah. yeah. It's meaningless. Well, eventually, what they'll do is nobody loses. It's no, like, no. By the way, if the game gets called. Before. There's some leagues. There's some little little leagues and stuff no, where they no, don't no, keep score. No, no. no by the oh, way, they, no, hey, they just no, play nine true. innings. That's true. Everybody yeah. gets in that bat. Yeah. No, in this league, in this league, there's no final tournament or record keeping at all. See, right? There's no final tournament. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, we got eight teams in the league. We can make a playoff. Yeah. There's got to be a winner, right? No, not allowed. And by the way, you score seven goals, you have to stop there. If you score the eighth goal, it's an automatic loss for you. Oh yeah. What? Yeah, you can't. You can't. You can't run up the score. You can't, you can't beat someone too hard. No. And here's the thing. What am I supposed to do? Just clear it? Just dump it? Right? Not try to score after that? Yeah. yeah you can't score. If you. Why don't you not have a scrub goalkeeper on yeah. the other team? <laughs> it, if my, you it, do score, you team, automatically forfeit yeah. and lose the game. As it's crazy as it's, the other team just do it. The other team should just Competition do an own goal at that. Very valuable. As crazy as it sounds, that was even a rule in high school. What? But would they go, would they just call the game right? I don't remember because like we, never, we never ran it. I know the mercy, mercy rule. Yeah, mercy yeah. rule. Yeah. You call it, but you still yeah. win. Yeah. Like, you still you won, yeah. and you yeah. just blew them out. And you're like, what's in, the in point? Fact, that's it's, more it's, embarrassing because it's like we shut you out so bad. We don't even have to play this. Like life. this is let's just call yeah. this for your sake. But, yeah, that's what it is. Which is different from you, you know. You have to keep playing, but not score anymore. You know my argument against this. The only argument that I think might work is to tell them. We Americans live in a global community. Yeah. The rest of the world does not operate like this. Mm. They have winners and losers. Unless, unfortunately, our toxic culture is reaching them, right? But the rest of the world, they have winners and losers. So you're going to take your it's American... It's all about winners and losers. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're going to take your American fluff kid, 
and send him out for international competition, he's going to get roasted. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. will get roasted. I'm so, telling you. The the if anyone who's doing bad, like you're going to be a dad, I tell people, and this is no offense to any like uh like I'm just generalizing. Go to white parenting techniques, study them very well, and avoid them like the play. <laughs> <That's fine. laughs> avoid them. You will produce a fluff ball who has no discernible skills at all. Right, no hard work ethic. Cannot sit down for ninety minutes to do anything. Yeah. Will not receive any criticism yeah. properly, yeah. and and he's going to still want something at the end of the day. Unbelievable. Think, by the way, I don't think it's attributable necessarily to people to to whiteness mm-hmm. so much as the average white American male who's maybe middle class, upper middle class, has ceded control of those kinds of responsibilities to his wife mm-hmm. more generations ago than have people uh, of color. It's that thing you said in the so, beginning of the podcast. It's, it's all, it, just like schools. Yeah. Yeah. What's, what's going on with schools, right? Schools schools are the feminine domain in America, mm-hmm. right? Like it's oh, been, yeah. they've been run by women, organized by women, controlled by women, directed by women since the beginning. So yeah, you know, girls don't like to compete and make each other feel bad. Boys love that stuff and they yeah. they, they thrive mm-hmm. off of it. Yeah. It's it's just not conducive to That's uh, horrible. It's, That's horrible. Yeah, school the school system itself is just not conducive to uh what boys are, yeah. are designed the, by a lot to need. The only way that I've been able to handle this, right, is to say, listen, schooling, right, this st- grades, you have to treat it like a blood sport. Yeah. Because you think about it, otherwise yeah. you just die of boredom. Yeah. You gotta make it like a challenge. Mm-hmm. You gotta make it like so a think, challenge. My, the only thing about like a punishment, right? Like I knew so many people growing up that like if they were bad, they got sent to like Alim school. <laughs> and it's like yeah. it's like what? <laughs> what is the caliber yeah. of Alims that we're gonna so, produce? <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I'll throw you two quick anecdotes. So I have a coworker. She does substance abuse counseling for people in jail or whatever. Her son plays on a, in a little league team and they won their league. And so they had jackets made that yeah. were like, you know, regional champ or whatever they yeah. won. And, uh, they wore them out the next season and the league was like, you can't have those jackets. You can have them at home, wear them wherever you, but you can't wear them to games. Unbelievable. And they were, the parents were like, what are you talking about? They won. And they were like, yeah, it's just intimidating the other teams and making the kids feel bad. Unbelievable. And this is a real thing that happened, right? Um, the other thing I was going to say about grades and school. The one really great thing about law school is that every, all the classes are graded on a curve, uh-huh. so it's you against your fellow students. Yeah, it's com- it's competitive. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Like yeah. you're like it's it's win or die, right? Yeah, that's how it is. <laughs> that I think that that's is. actually a good thing. It motivates you. You know how hard people were studying. It's cutthroat, yeah, yeah, because you know it's not just that you have to pass the exam. You have to do better than other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So only like one out of ten will get uh, a certain like. It's like one out of a, ten will a, get a one a or, or mm-hmm. it's like a small a single digit percentage yeah. of a's yeah. and then a, a single digit percentage of f's yeah and they're both mandatory yeah and then there's most people in the middle yeah. so um i know we're you know getting close to time here so i do want to wrap up is there any final points that you guys want to make Who's the Cyrus guy? <laughs> Can we get it? So, so let's do. We didn't actually get an intro from Cyrus, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say he has a very beautiful uh, outfit on there. So I'm gonna throw that plug in. Uh, little marketing. Little, little, little marketing. <laughs> Who made the outfit though? I don't, I don't know. Title one caravan. And, and <laughs> I don't think guy. he knew that he was gonna meet you. Today. I didn't know actually. I didn't know he was gonna come. So yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was it was by Allah's decree. Yeah. By Allah's decree, you know, we got a. I had to plug it. So Cyrus, can you? Uh, we should have probably done this official introduction. That's right. Prior, yeah, um, it's, it's more our style to do it at the end. So, 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 the, so the reason why we don't now that we do know it, each other already. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now you know how we are after an entire yeah. podcast. So, yeah. you know, Cyrus, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? 
I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to share. I mean, I, I uh, you know, I'm, I'm 29 now. Alhamdulillah, I've been Muslim now for, for 10 years. MashaAllah. And praying. And the, uh, I mean, my family's mixed. I'm half Irish, half Iranian, you know, born and raised in the U.S. still. And, uh, yeah, I've just tried to, 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 to serve my people. You know, I, uh, Islam for me was a result of a, of a search for truth, you know, of a search for a better way to live. Cause I saw the, the battle around me, you know, and so, um, you know, the only way of life that was complete, you know, that made any sense, you know, was Islam. And, and, and I, I, I entered it, alhamdulillah, with, with certainty and, uh, may Allah preserve, Amen. you know, our Iman and, and, and make us beacons to Amen. each other. I mean, the, you know, for me, I, I tried to take it right to work. You know, after college, I went, you know, I jumped straight into this activist space, you know, into, you know, doing the civil rights, human rights work. Um, and I did it, you know, wanting to serve. Uh, but then, you know, you, you reach the limits, I think, of that discourse and of, of that space. And so my search since has been, you know, looking for how to, uh, you know, improve our lives, but to, to, to work from knowledge. I suppose. And so right now I'm focused, you know, my wife and I live in Istanbul. We've, uh, been studying. Alhamdulillah. Finally, now we have the opportunity to, to, to study, uh, from the tremendous resources in, in Istanbul. I'm a big advocate for people taking the time to get out of here and yeah, oh, <laughs> to go. come to Istanbul. Go. Yeah. It's an amazing thing. I visited. It's beautiful. Uh, yeah. It's an amazing place, you know, and, and the people are really, it's yeah. an amazing thing. You know, the yeah. Turkish people, uh, actually one of my shuk, actually even from here, is a Syrian. Uh, Sheikh, but he was, he was even saying how, you know, the Turkish people, your average, you know, common Turkish person, laborer, for example, has more adab, you know, than he found even in the highest levels of Syrian society. Now, this wow. was his, I don't know anything about that, but this was his, his perspective. Um, that the adab is, 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 it's a really an amazing thing. Uh, the generosity of the people, the hospitality of the people is, it's very true. Um, it's a clean country. So. It's a very clean country. It's a very organized country. May Allah protect it. You know, it, it's it's one of the few places left in the Muslim world that you know you, we can. Feel are you safe a Hanafi in. now? So I've actually, the Turks <laughs> would kill me for this. I actually I went to Turkey a Shafi and I've returned a Maliki. Oh, oh, uh, here I was thinking the last five minutes. I'm like, I'm going to have another Hanafi. We're going to have, we're gonna have sorry, another bro. Hanafi on the sorry. podcast. I'm sorry. Just... This, yeah, I don't, I don't know. You know, alhamdulillah, one of, the, one of those resources has been a, uh, some fellow students, you know, some of the, some of the Moroccan brothers are out there, uh, studying too. And so, I know. alhamdulillah, you know, thanks to also people like Dr. Shadi and some of the oh. other, you know, Malikis out here in the, for all, so West, like, for all you know. listeners, the truth is still out there. <laughs> <laughs> so, alhamdulillah, that's, that's, I mean, that's all you need to know about me. Alhamdulillah, I really appreciate the time I got to spend with you. Oh, brothers, well, he's going to be a regular in the area. Yeah. He'll be in the regular in the area for another, so, what, four we months? Have, we have another, um, no, two, two months. months. Two, two months, months? inshallah, we'll be right. here we'll before we on. head back. So, all right. yeah. What are you doing Friday night? <clears throat> So I understand that there's a maulid happening. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you'd like to come through actually, uh, tomorrow, actually, I'm gonna I'll, yeah. actually I'll, I'll plug as well too because Sheikh Mendes was putting the screws to me that tomorrow night also. If I'll say if folks are down south in Southern Jersey and can't make it up to New Brunswick, they're actually doing a program what's about community southern, farming. What's Southern uh, Jersey for you? Princeton. Well, Princeton feels pretty that's south not, from New York. That's, 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 that's uh, Mashallah. That's, uh, uh, that's not south. That's not. <laughs> you, don't, you don't understand the, the love in my heart that I have for this man, right? Yeah. This is south, south Jersey, man. That's not South Jersey. <laughs> south south yeah, Jersey. South. Wait, wait, wait. He said Princeton is South Jersey. Same We're still thing. ways away from Princeton. Princeton is like Central from Princeton, Jersey. Yeah. That's We're clear. It's from Newark. Yeah, but Newark is North Jersey. Newark's North. Yeah, Newark is North Jersey. I grew up in Patterson. The stripe is Edison to Princeton. That's the strike. No, no, no. Edison to Bordentown. Yeah. It's it's Bordentown. Union, Union County is the fuzzy border between north and south. 
And anything south of Union County is south, man. Yeah, Cam- anything- Camden's Pennsylvania. Like, yeah, no, 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 no. I'm like 10 minutes from Camden, so... Wait till you see. I'm going to well, ask you for a ride home, by the well, way, so I should probably start, well, start consider, patching this Considering consider you consider this city to be Philly, I would agree. <laughs> so I said it in a... Con- so I was talking to Saad two days ago, and he was like, oh, you know, where did you go? I was like, oh, I was in the this city. Is, this is the official Elias map. I was like... That's what it is. That's what it is. What do you mean? That's, that's exactly what it is. I was that's like, exactly what it is. I was like, I'm in the city, and he's like, oh, okay, yeah. He's like, I was in. I was like, I'm in the city, and he's like, oh yeah, I'm in the. I was in the city today too, and I was like, he's and he starts telling me, I was like, no, 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 I, I meant Philly. I was in Philly because he's like, oh, I was at this street. I was like, no, no, I was in Philly. To be hey, fair, Edison it. is at like the top of that. It's at the top of South Jersey, though. So yeah, Ilyash is sharing this map of uh, New Jersey. Uh, There's North of, Jersey. Of, North Jersey, South Jersey, Eastern PA, and Delaware, and Northern, Northern Delaware. Delaware, which is most of anything south of Lake Trans. So, so my map is anything which... above Newark is North Jersey. Okay, Newark to um, Princeton, Newark south to Bordentown ish. Right, Bord- where the hell is Bordentown? I don't even know. It's not even a landmark. I so, fine. South Brunswick, South Brunswick, Newark to South Brunswick. Okay, is Central Jersey. Okay, then from uh, South Brunswick all the way down to Deford. Who? <laughs> Deford or Belmar? See, you should is look at a map South of Jersey. like no, South Jersey, no, right? That's like South those towns, you don't even know what the. No, I've never heard of these like, places. That, that's yeah, it's like, it's like Hawker's Base, yeah. <laughs> no, up to like Deford. That's where like it's you know? it's past like Voorhees and Cherry Hill. So yeah. up to yeah. Deford and Belmar. Anything Man, past Belmar sworn. is yeah. the shore. So that's just mm. the shore. That's not. Yeah. That's not the. That's not South Jersey. That's just you're at the shore. This is foreign country to me. Yeah, for real, man, for real. All right, so Hamdallah will wrap up. Thank you. You know how you measure it? Can you get to New York in less than 30 minutes? You can from here. You can't even from here. Yeah, you can't from here. So this is not North Jersey. So then South Jersey, where you can get to Philly anywhere in 30 minutes. Who cares about Philly? <laughs> <laughs> All right. By the way, the uh, Lives of Man uh, class that we did last spring, it's now uh, going to be out there, inshallah, for people Mashallah. to take Mashallah. that little course. Mashallah. And then whoever people who take the course, there's also, we'll, be, we'll make a little Facebook page for any discussion or anything. That's, and that's, that's on, on. based on the Mustafa Badawi translation of Imam um, Haddad's book. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So that'll be out. You look on the, our Facebook page. Uh, nice. uh, you know, it'll be circling around. Uh, so Alhamdulillah, thank you so much. Um, uh, can I, I did throw man- one. Can I throw one plug? Please go, go out and look up Ismail Royer, R-O-Y-E-R. Oh, look up his piece on uh, public discourse on the uh, masterpiece, all one word, cake, cake, cake shop. Oh, case. oh, that's and, critical. And read, read his comment on critical. that because the, another Muslim organization jumped in now, MPAC, as well. We love MPAC like doing on this a, doing doing a, an amicus curiae on uh, in favor of like the gay couple. So go read Ismail's piece; it's really good. So what is um, the M going to stand for then? Most, what just, that's the question. That's the question of the day. Yeah, that's, we'll, that's we're four Muslims. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Except we'll never eat pork, <laughs> even the reformers. Other than that. All right, so inshallah, we'll, we'll wrap it up before we go on a long tangent again. Um, so thank you so much. Thank you so much, uh, Brother Cyrus, for joining us. Uh, thank you guys, inshallah. My pleasure. Great uh, job. alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaykum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika nashadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruk wa natubu alayk wa al-asr inna al-insana lafi khusr illa al-lazina amanu wa amanu al-salihat wa tawasubu al-haq wa tawasubu al-sabr. Salam alaykum. Salam alaykum.